Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim, and welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. I guess I should warn you, we use explicit language on this podcast. This is like... Uh, it probably We probably need one of those MA ratings. We need we, one of those. We trick. actually, we have an E rating on... Um, on iTunes. I don't know what that means. Explicit. Oh, okay. But Expli- would they explicit us? No, we I did it for us, but I oh, mean because yeah. um, we are explicit. We probably should have started mentioning that about two hundred episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. This there is may your be, first time. There might be a lot of triggers in here if you've been serial murdered or whatnot. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We, we we are explicit and we use adult language, so if that is offensive to you, uh, I don't know, go watch the Disney Channel or whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't mean that. I don't mean that sarcastically. I just mean that we talk. Wow. That, you we, know, the, very, uh, although I was I was listening to another podcast and I turned it on and it, it was uh, one of the more well-known ones. I forget. So well-known you don't know. Yeah. Maybe, I, I, I believe it was Thinking Sideways. I think okay. it was them. Well, Thinking Sideways and, uh, does a good job. They did, but they were doing a very well-known serial killer, and they said they gave a bunch of trigger warnings beforehand. Mm-hmm. And while that's you know very polite and nice of them, I thought, well, who in the fuck doesn't know that Ted Bundy raped, murdered, and killed people? I don't think it was thinking sideways though, because they do mysteries. It, maybe it wasn't thinking side, but yeah. it was one of the more well-known ones, and uh-huh. they gave a bunch of trigger warnings beforehand. And I thought, well, right. you're fucking talking about Ted Bundy for fun. Well, sake. I mean, there's Some a different. Some people don't know. Some people, but also there's a different. I'm not really talking. We talk explicit. I don't mean just about the murders and stuff like that. We just use we use adult language. You mean the foul language yeah, that yeah, the devil yeah, uses? Yeah, and the conversations all the time. that side conversations that we have. And sure. Sort of but anyway, uh, those of you who are listening to us uh, regularly, you, you kind of already know that. So you, you made your peace with that if you're still listening. <laughs> you got right with Jesus. Yeah. All right. So the topic of our podcast today, this is actually part two of a four-part series on Charlie Manson and his family. This is part two of Helter Skelter. Our focus today is going to be on uh, the Manson family. We're going to talk about some of the key members of the Manson family. Uh, This is part two. Um, Part one, we discussed uh, Charlie Manson's youth and 
his troubles, his troubles as a young man, uh, up to the point where he was released from prison in California in 1967. Um, in episode three, uh, we'll talk about the tape, La Bianca Murders. La Bianca. La Bianca Murders. Um, and then in the final uh, episode, episode four, we'll talk about the trial and all the strange stuff that went on there. But today we're going to talk about the family. This is, as I mentioned last time, this is not, you know, we're, we're bouncing around a little bit. It's not going to all be chronological because we want, it's important to know all the different players, at least the, the key players in this whole thing, um, to get an understanding of the crime. So uh, today we're going to talk about the different uh, members uh, that made up the Manson family. We'll mention as we go through this. We'll repeat ourselves some as we'll mention who's participate, who participated in the Tate La Bianca murders. But um, this is sort of to just kind of you know so everyone knows uh, all the players. Um, so Timmy, I, I got a question for you. Yeah, you haven't been introduced yet. This is just a quick one. All right, shocking. Uh, um, now, you've done all this research into this. Dude, I am so sick of this fucking story. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I spent I spent all Christmas weekend with Charlie Manson. <laughs> oh, man. I am so tired of this story. Christmas I, with Charlie. It ought to be a book you write to me. It's a short story. It was story. a book I read. Actually, I <laughs> should give credit to it. It's, uh, I, I will at the end of the series. But anyway... Uh, it's, it was called Manson, the Life and Times of Charlie Manson, and I forget the author just now, but I will, I will dig that out. Um, but anyway, today we're going to talk about the family. But before we do, let me introduce uh, my colleagues. I'm always happy to introduce the very lovely and talented, uh, the Queen of Mean, the Mistress of the Macabre, the Empress of Evil, the uh, Satan's Dirty Little Secret, Pill Poppin', Penis Lovin', Brandy. Brandy, you have a lot of, uh, of adjectives, adjectives that we throw there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. But you're very lovely. Uh, you're a very lovely person. I like you. Even, Thank you. Even though most of our listeners don't, I like mm. you a lot. I Thank like you. you sometimes. He gave me a, uh, uh, one of those little protein bars this morning. That I did. Nice. Oh, that's nice. Mm. So how's the... How's the um, 10 calorie a day diet. <laughs> it's all right. Are you Brandy's eating solid food yet? Yeah. Brandy's on that naked and afraid diet. <laughs> the survivor diet. <laughs> yeah, they drop you off on they a, say, you know, eating uh, ants. They say that, um, you know, the one way to lose weight is to eat naked in front of your mirror. God, no. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Ice cream and stuff, that's good. That's good times, yeah. I don't think so. Mm, no. no, no. Well, I'm just saying that that's you know they say that you you'll take in less calories if. Well, I bet you do looking at yourself <laughs> naked sitting there slurping on a pizza. I bet you do take in a few less calories. See if yeah, I if I was if I were to eat naked in front of a mirror, I would get distracted. Well, of course you would. Then I would have to move on to something else. You get aroused, is it? What you're Probably. Saying? Yeah. All right. Gross. I'd have to. Didn't the ice cream would be all? You milk? arouse yourself, or you're aroused by <laughs> ice cream, or I'm pizza aroused or by whatever. ice cream. Yeah, you give problem. me a good three way, and really, and by three way I mean yeah. skyline chili. 
Let me introduce the very uh, the moral compass of the podcast, the, uh, the most dangerous man in podcasting today, the very honorable Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm I'm okay today, Timmy. We're, tonight we're uh, attending. I don't know if you guys have family traditions. Um, uh, Charlie Manson had some family traditions. We're going to talk about. <laughs> okay, well. We have one that's that's um, just painful for everybody in the family, but to Mrs. Colonel. You know, the zoo has their festival of lights where they light everything up. Cincinnati Zoo, one of the nicest zoos in the country. Yes, and they decorate it up at Christmas time, and every year, Mrs. I've lived Colonel in Cincinnati has to go for there. Thirty years, I've been to the zoo twice. Well, we have lifetime memberships, and Very nice. uh, of, course he does. of course he does. Yeah, so did the gorilla. What was his name? Harambe. <laughs> yeah. Arambe. Yeah. yeah, he got yeah, we, we stay away from the gorilla exhibits. But they they decorate it all up and put Christmas lights everywhere and it's lovely. Um, it is supposed to be really nice. I haven't I've never been there. It's lovely. Kings Island used to do that, didn't they? Yep, and then it went to shit. Yeah. What did they call it? Winterfest or something? Yep. Okay. There's his so. zoo membership. Look at that. It there. says life member Renee Waters and Charles Waters. Wow. Isn't he special? I got yeah. that for free. There's no photo on there except that of a wolf or something. It's a like hyena. Some kind of hyena, yeah. Hyena. So couldn't I just walk in and show that and go right in? You could. Well, that doesn't seem, that's unseemly. They'd scan it. Anybody that comes to the zoo with me, any any person that goes into the, comes into the gates with me gets in for free. Nice. And I'll give you a quick story. It nope. won't take too long because this is a long podcast. It will. We got this because the boys, uh, used when they was the little kids, they had to volunteer at their school, and they volunteered at the zoo, uh-huh. picking up trash. And they were very cute little twins, and the director of the zoo saw them and asked Tana why, why he was doing this. And he said, I love animals. I want to be a veterinarian one day, and I want to be around animals. How's that going? And uh, he's at working for a... PR firm in Chicago right now. So, not a veterinarian. Every kid wants to be a veterinarian or a fireman or whatever. I wanted to be a gynecologist. I did not. I've been an amateur one for years. <laughs> Live that dream, Timmy. Live I, I, I don't want to I don't want to lose my amateur status, Colonel. But the director was so moved by uh, this dedication of this little child that he uh, gave us lifetime memberships. To well, that's zoo. bullshit. Are you thinking, Brandy? It is bullshit, they, but you know what? The way that it worked so, out. They so give, basically, Brandy and I are paying taxes, so you get a lifetime free membership <laughs> they for give, entrance to the zoo. They is, give, that, is that what, how you're hearing this, Brandy? That's, how, that's what I'm taking. They give, it to big do, they give them to big donors. Yeah, and but you wasn't Every year donor. they have so no, many that donor. they give out. And big boner. This year they had some extra ones. This particular year they had a couple extras, Dick. and they gave them to us. And So, well. Tana, thank you, but... Thank Tanner, you, Cincinnati Zoo, United. for using my tax dollars so that Charles can go to the zoo the for Cincinnati free. Cincinnati Zoo is privately funded. They're not taking no, any they had bullshit. They, they take tax dollars. There's a zoo levy about every four years. Yeah, because we I got support the, the zoo. I just don't support you going to the, the zoo for free. What the fuck are you talking about, zoo levy? You would live over in Kentucky. You don't pay no levy for the zoo. I pay Cincinnati taxes because I work here. City of Cincinnati. Yeah, and that's the zoo. The zoo is the, the you don't, levy is paid. You don't own a house. I still live and pay city of Cincinnati taxes and city. You pay payroll taxes, I, withholding taxes. No, I I support the zoo. How do you support the zoo? I, because I pay into the levy. 
No, you don't. You I don't do. live in I just, Cincinnati. I don't. Who cares? I'm just putting that out there for. Okay. I'm just saying we're gonna have to dig deep. That's gonna be a podcast. Who cares? We're gonna I'm have say to dig he's deep. a fucking slacker getting in to see the fucking animals. You know he sucks someone's dick for that. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Now see, that's why we got the E-ray. Ombre, ombre. Uh-huh. Can you Arambe or whatever? Can you, you think so? Can you? I'm go out sick of that. That gorilla. I really am. I see him on the internet still. People just can't get over it. I mean, I know. I'm sorry. It's time to turn it the was, page. It was tragic, but yeah. Turn I mean, the page. Well, if the he would have just listened to the and trainer, the Zoo never doesn't been like shot. it either. They had to like. They had to, you know, people were trolling. I their, know, they were awful. Trolling their Twitter account and stuff. Poor Ombre. All right, whatever his name Arambe. is. Whatever. You know, at some point, I mean, if he would have just dropped a kid, he would have been fine. They told mm-hmm. him drop the kid. He wouldn't drop the kid. All right, let's talk about uh, Charles Manson, shall we? Are we there? Did you introduce Chuck and everything? Yeah, Uh, yeah, I introduced Chuck, but I I have to. uh, You have not done your Patreon shout out. I have to give a shout out to those who support our podcast. Unlike uh, Charles, who gets a free ride, these people actually. Motherfucker pays for nothing. I I swear to God. You remember the other day when we had La Rosa's? Who bought lunch? Yeah. You did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You we think I got $5 roses. from that motherfucker? Yeah. Uh, last week, no. uh, BW3s, who bought lunch? <laughs> you did. Yeah. Did he pay for anything? Fuck no. Yeah. Yeah. The Colonel is a uh, free ride fucker. <laughs> Should have joined a Manson family. It's, it's some bullshit. He's got to support bullshit. less people if, in the Manson family. All right. Let me give my shout outs to our Patreon members who are very generous. Unlike, hold on. Some out of, of the podcast, out of all the families here, who's got a family member given on Patreon? Uh, your dog, dog yeah. gives a dollar. <laughs> that's a dollar more than than the devil's family uh, uh, giving. No, that's not true. She gives her time and energy and love this, and love. Well, I give that too. Yeah, yeah but mine's worth more. Yeah. And I withhold mine, so it's worth more when I give it. She has yeah. a whole following. I noticed when she was out, the podcast was not as good. Oh, I thought it was better. I never, uh, I never noticed that when when you're out. But no, we carry on. Yeah, just saying. We, you guys have never done a podcast without me. I'm going to have to show you how to do it because you have the computer. In the event of my untimely death, you have the computer. You have to carry on. And we haven't made your final death plans yet. You just changed them on us yesterday. Well, in 2016, still here. So, you know, it could yeah. be any time. I know. I've got a, I got a week to kind of lay low. Anyway, yeah. let me give a shout-out to our uh, Patreon supporters. Thank you very much, Alicia and Ship. As always, thank you very much. Give Alicia and Ship a shout-out first because they were our very first Patreon supporters. So we appreciate it, Alicia. Thank you very much. Uh, Jen Moyer, who I missed a couple of times. Jen, I'm very sorry, but we do appreciate it. She's very generous in her donations. Brandy McBride, she's been with us a long time as well. Thank you, Brandy. Uh, Annette Petray in New York City. Annette, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to my soap that I ordered. You got some soap? I I got got some some body butter coming. I got some soap on its way. I can't wait. Lise over there in Norway. Thank you, Lise. You're very sweet to support the podcast. Leslie Hagar, thank you, Leslie. Amber, Amber Scoville, thank you very much. Jahara, thank you over there in Italy. Andrew Happ, thank you, Andrew. He's been with us quite a while. Um, Mandy Swanson, thank you, Mandy. Jennifer Siemens, and, of course, 
Linda Middleton, thank you very much. Bridget Clavey has been with us a long time. Thank you, Bridget. We, we really appreciate your support. Cindy uh, Liu uh, has always been very supportive of the podcast, as is Heather Poole. Of course, Charlie and Allie support us. They're from the Insight Podcast. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Insight, uh, definitely check them out. They're in the top 150 of iTunes, which is really impressive. Mm -hmm. I mean, of not all categories. Yeah. It's just, like, hard to do. So um, they're really good. It's a really good podcast, so check it out if you get a chance. And in the course, as the colonel mentioned, Rudy the Wonder Dog donates $1 to the podcast. So Rudy's birthday was last night. He got, a, he got puppy ice cream. Oh, good for Rudy. Did he? Did you take him to the doggy park? No, we just had a little kind party. Bastard, we, are you? But you know what? If, now Rudy Cheap. knows how to open his gifts, and the boys were filming it. And then you know Rudy got a little stuck, and I was like, "Come on, Stephen Hawking, open the damn thing up." I'm tired. Well, he of doesn't have here. thumbs. Yeah, right. He just tears into shit and shakes it. But uh, the boys said they couldn't post my thing because I was making fun of Stephen Hawking. Well, you shouldn't be. They shouldn't be posting your thing. Yeah, exactly. Ever. Right. Um, but, yeah, you don't make fun of Stephen Hawking. He's a brilliant, brilliant man, which is, where can I say anyone on this podcast? He is very smart. Be nice. Helter Skelter. My brother had the ALS. I'm allowed to make fun of that. See, you don't get no, to do that. Not, yeah, you you got gay kids, so he gets to make fun of gay people. Mm -hmm. I know. His mom died of cancer, so he gets to make fun of people with cancer. My I know it's a whole thing. Left, so you let, you grew up in a black neighborhood, so you get to make fun of. You don't get to do that. Says who? You're six you degrees of the, You're six degrees for hardship. Let's just. You don't get to make the rules of society. You're a middle class <laughs> white guy. You got nothing to say about anything. <laughs> That's right. Listen to Brandy. I had to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Your well, boob, your boob straps. My boob straps. Yeah. And you come a long way, baby. I have come a long way. You're on a second-rate podcast. <laughs> exactly. In a second-rate job. <laughs> the second-rate city. I'm a lower-middle manager for the county. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Living the dream. You could be like a lineman for the county. You could be like Glenn Campbell. Drive the main road. Kimberly probably can't remember the word that song. <laughs> I can't. Really, no, it's it's really sad. I think he's at the end of days for him. I wonder well, if he'll be again. The last we got one, a couple more days in 2016. Yeah. What's your bet on anyone going in 2016? Oh, I think Glenn Campbell's right up there. What about? I uh, don't know how Keith Richards still is alive. I'm betting Val Kilmer. I'm going a long shot with Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Uh, mm -hmm. oh, that is a long shot. I'm thinking of. Um, uh, who am I thinking of? Colonel uh, Kurt Douglas. Oh, Kurt's a hundred yeah, years, years old. He's hundred years old. Yeah, he's yeah. old. Yeah. You know, now they're putting up people that like, you know, Richard Fletcher played an excellent third grade flute solo, and it's yeah. like, no, not everybody's famous. You yeah. know, not everybody that dies. You see a blurb, 2016. Well, I think if one. you have a wiki page, my, my goal in life is to have a wiki page. Once I have a wiki don't page. Don't we just make one of those? I don't know if you can just make them. If we can, could somebody please make us a wiki page for History Dweebs? That would be so nice. Uh, Contact I, me. I'll give you all the information. And Charlie's not much longer for this world. He's he's Charlie in the bag. Yeah. yeah. Nah, yeah. Charlie's going to hang around for a long time. He's lived a long time. I think He's, he's got to be closing I in on he, 80. I think he's 81. 
He's yeah. 81. Mm-hmm. Remember, he's going to marry that girl. Yeah, she, but she just wanted his body. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, she wanted crazy to, fucker. They, she wanted his body after death so she could display it, which is actually, actually a pretty smart thing. Yeah, That's but you it. don't tell people that. That was well, stupid. Yeah. And her name was Star. Mm-hmm. Come yeah. on now. Is he allowed to have conjugal visits? I don't know if it would do him any good at 81. Well, they got the Viagra now. Let's talk. You know, um, we'll get to this, but... Um, Tex Watson, I think he had two or three kids while he was in prison. No, yeah, he was poking them right through the bars. <laughs> Helter Skelter, part two, the family. Charles, so when we last left off with young Charles, he was uh, 32 years old. He was, uh, it's 1967, and he's in California. He was just released uh, from prison. He requested uh, to... He was in Los Angeles, and he requested that he be allowed to move to San Francisco, where he had a contact, another prisoner, guy got released before him. That was granted, uh, and he ended up in living in Berkeley, which is really close to um, San Francisco. Um, and uh, But there were two different, really, types of crowds. In Berkeley, of course, you have the university there, and uh, at that point, 1967, there was a lot of anti-war demonstration. There was also the um, civil rights movement was going on, and uh, there was a lot of uh, Black Panthers out and about. Uh, The radical uh, uh, group that uh, wanted, uh, you know, was fight for equality. So that was in Berkeley, but then Manson had to report to his parole officer in San Francisco and he started hanging out in San Francisco at the in the Haight-Ashbury district which was well known for a, um, a place for all the young hippies to hang out. You've been to Haight-Ashbury, Colonel? Um, no, I don't like hippies, Timmy. I was there a few years ago. It's, it's, it's you know, it's it's different now, of course, but uh, still kind of cool to go I like there. I saw the hippies the, or hipsters. I saw where <laughs> I saw um, Janis Joplin's old apartment. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was kind of cool. And I saw a store had a, a, a old phone book that had Janis Joplin listed in it, so that was kind of cool. But anyway, uh, he started hanging out in Hate Ashbury, and um, he was meeting meeting a lot of interesting people. Now, remember. Last time we talked about Charlie learning how to play the guitar while he was in prison. Uh, From creepy Alvin Corpus. Exactly. And uh, he had dreams of being a rock star. He was planning on, he wanted to be more famous than the Beatles, who he, who he really liked. He was fascinated with the Beatles, especially their White Album. And that's, of course, where he gets the term, the term Helter Skelter comes into play because that was one of their songs. But anyway... Uh, he starts meeting a bunch of people, and, um, you know, he's got the gift of gab, and these are young hippies. They're mostly young folks who are, you know, first time away from home, and he starts to um, get a little following. The first person he meets in the Bay Area is Mary Bruner, um, and... So Bruner was, at the time, was working at, as a librarian assistant at the University of California in Berkeley. Uh, and Manson uh, met her, sweet-talked her, and in a few weeks later, he moved in with her. Um, 
And um, for, before long, they started having uh, sexual relations, Colonel. Before long, they probably did it the first night, Timmy. Well, and then he was soon he started um, to convince her to let him bring other women into the house. That's a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. Unless they all team up on you, that's when it turns ugly. Well, like she... Like when one starts pointing out the sock you left on the floor and then the other points out the cup you left on the table. Yeah, yeah. You got to, yeah. That's how a three-way would go with me, Timmy. <laughs> it would go awry. It would go awry quickly. So Mary Bruner, though, she was a she was a bit more conservative than most of the college students in the late 60s. She was born in uh, Eclair, Wisconsin. She moved to California upon graduating from the University of Wisconsin-Madison in 1965, where she took the job as a librarian assistant at UC Berkeley. It had to be a fun time to be out there, man. I love the San Francisco area. You anyway. can put yourself a cult together in about a week out there in those times. Yeah, you really could. It was 1967. I mean, you know, it was uh, going into 1967, the summer of love. And, you know, I know every summer is the summer of love for you, Colonel, but mm-hmm. that was a special time. And it's the fall and autumn and spring and winter of deviant sex over here for the devil. Yeah, exactly. So Mary Bruner met a uh, 33-year-old uh, criminal career criminal Charles Manson uh, a few weeks after he was released from prison. As I said, she was a shy, conservative girl from the Midwest when she met Charlie. He was the first person ever to tell her that she was beautiful. Uh, She quickly fell in love with Manson. And he would do this. I mean, I I don't know what you think of these women, but they're pretty plain, I think, you know. There was a couple of them that were kind of pretty. But overall, I thought they were just kind of average. But he would, you know, he would get in their head and tell them that they were the most beautiful creatures on the planet. Um, So she let Manson stay in her apartment. And after a period of weeks, uh, the two became lovers. Lovers, Brandy. Lovers. Uh, Bruner provided Charlie with food and a place to stay. And during the day when uh, Mary was at work, Charlie would spend his day in San Francisco. And that's when he started to hang out at Haight, in the Haight-Ashbury area, adjacent to uh, Golden State Park, play his guitar, and uh, meet a bunch of people. And then in the evenings, he would make his way back over to Berkeley and to be with Mary when she got off work. He soon started to make friends in the hippie community, and he presented himself as a guru. I know you've been, you've considered yourself a guru. I have been called a guru before, Timmy. So he started to bring other women home, and at first Mary would just watch Charlie and the other women have sex. Oh, yeah. That's kind of cool. But soon uh, he convinced her to start participating. She would just watch? Well, at first. Then he got her to join in? Yes. Yes. That's what I mean by participating. Okay. In 1967, he kind of recaps a lot, Brandy. <laughs> I know. How's it feel? How does it feel? It's kind of rude. Yeah. So what you're saying here, Timmy, is... <laughs> in 1967, Mary Bruner quit her, job, quit her job, and the two began to drift around California in a van, meeting other young women. They go down by the river. Yeah. Um, during the summer of 1967, the summer of love, was 67 the summer of love yeah, or 68? 67. Okay. I was, uh, only, I was only four years old then. Only three. I was only three years old. Well, 60, 
62 was the summer of love for your parents, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's a product of love, Brandy. I'm a love child. Uh-huh. Love child. Love child. On April 15th, 1968, Mary Bruner gave birth to the son that she named Valentine Michael. Uh, nickname Pooh Bear. Oh, Pooh Bear. Oh, Pooh Bear. Valentine Michael was from a character in the 1961 novel, Stranger in a Strange Land. You ever read that, Brandy? No. I think it was about a guy who went to, ended up, an uh, earth person ended up, an earthling ended up on Mars or something like that. It's a book, Brandy. Yeah, it, it has pages and everything. Yeah. It's the whole thing. Not a lot of pictures. Yeah. Oh, this no is collaring what, at This all. is what we're doing. <laughs> anyway, they named it. They named the child Vincent Michael, but his nickname was Pooh Bear. Yeah. Now Charlie already had one child before. Uh, he had a, a couple of child children. Yeah. yeah. Charlie was spreading his seed. He was spreading his seed. He spreads it some more. Um, uh, anyway, they lived in a condemned house for a while in Topanga Canyon, uh, and. Uh, she, Mary Bruner, was assisted in her birth, uh, giving birth by several of the young women early on in the family. So, that's was, sweet. Yeah, mm, they there was midwives. Well, I don't think well, they were, but they became. <clears throat> they were hippies. Yeah. You know, and that's what I mean. You could get see these crazy and that's what we're talking about, devil. You had a bunch of crazy ass women around the house, and she still had the baby. How hard can it be? Yeah, and she was probably out, you know, uh, shoplifting that afternoon. Exactly. It ain't like, you know, she just <clears throat> laid down on the bed. Had the yelled kid. Yelled a little bit, sweated a little bit. Mm-hmm. Baby popped out. Hmm. People do it all the time. Yeah, it's happened since the beginning of time. Hmm. Um, yeah, for every woman that has a baby, it's like some huge accomplishment. Like, look what I did. So, it was around this time in Venice, California, <coughs> that uh, Bruner and Manson met 18-year-old Lynette Frome. Ah, Squeaky. Would later be known as Squeaky Frome, that's right. And the three of them began living together in a house in San Francisco. Over the course of the following two years, the family enlarged to include 20 to 30 individuals. So, the family was getting... Larger and larger. That's a lot of boobies popping around to me. Yeah, I don't know. They weren't all women, but majority of them were. Majority of them were batshit crazy women. Yeah. On August 8th, 1969, uh, of course, is when Manson uh, ordered members of his family to commit murder. And we're going to talk about that more in the uh, next episode. But... um, Bruner, Mary Bruner, was not able was unable to join them because she had been arrested for credit card fraud earlier that day. Hmm. Oh. So she got a break with that ordeal. Uh, after all the members of the Manson family went to prison in 1971, Mary Bruner and uh, some other family members hatched a bizarre plan to uh, hijack a plane to force Manson's release. In August of 1971, we're jumping, as I said, we're not 
going strictly in chronological order. <coughs> in August 1971, Bruner and several other Manson followers held up a surplus store and stole a large cache of weapons. They intended to hij hijack a commercial jet and hold uh, passengers hostage, killing one every hour until Manson and others were released from prison. However, the police arrived at the store. Uh, there was a shootout, and Bruner was arrested, and she was convicted of armed robbery and eventually released in 1977. So that's Mary Bruner. See, she was sort of the first, <clears throat> the first member. She of was the, the founding mama. Yes, yeah, she of was. The, uh, the family. You know, they call these people and they call Charlie just career criminals, mm -hmm. but they never seem to be very good at it. Well, no. Well, yeah, no. Charlie spent most of his life in prison, so he was always getting caught. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was like not like you know. He yeah. was institutionalized. Yeah, he shouldn't have been allowed out on the world anyway. Well, he asked not to. You know, I he did ask him not to. So let's talk a little bit about Lynette Squeaky Frome. Lynette Squeaky Frome. Of course, we did a podcast on her about a year ago, something like that. So we can just skip her. Well, we'll give the highlights since she's she's a you know she's a crazy bitch, man. <laughs> uh, Lynette Frome was uh, born in Santa Monica, California, on October twenty second, nineteen forty eight. As a child, she per she was a performer for a popular local dance group called the Westchester's Lariats. Uh, they began touring the U.S. and Europe. They appeared on the Lawrence Welk Show and. The White House. I never could understand the Lawrence Welk show. How long was that damn thing on? And the one. And the Forever. two. Forever. Yeah, old people love that shit. <clears throat> I, I, I still see it on sometimes. I don't think it's new ones, though. But No, it is. It's but not it was on ones. for 30 years, I bet. I'm pretty least. sure he's dead now. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Yeah, he was yeah so I don't think it'd be kid. new ones. They always had the little bubbles going in. Yeah, yeah. And they played the... Were they tiny bubbles? They're tiny playing bubbles. the crappiest music, too. Well... Well, and then they <clears throat> they try to get a guy with you know who was dressed up looking kind of hip for the time. Oh yeah, with the big tie, white with, tie. Yeah, big white tie, and they'd be singing like Rolling Stone songs. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're not. It yeah, just give didn't me shelter or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sympathy for the devil. Sad, sad it just didn't jibe with yeah. the way they looked, and they he the guy'd always have two girls with him. Yeah, they know, look like they're from uh, like up with people or something. Yeah, up yeah. <laughs> with people. I forgot about them. God. <laughs> so anyway, uh, her grades in high school, Lynette's grades in high school uh, in 1963, her family moved to uh, Renona Beach, California, and she began drinking and taking drugs. That's never a, a never a good thing, Brandy. Nope. Look, it, it hasn't to, worked out well for you. Yeah, it's a cautionary tale. I have a job. You should learn from her. You have a job, a second-rate podcast. <laughs> what else do I want? <clears throat> what else do I need? I mean, you could be like you could be in like in a top ten podcast yeah. if you had not taken drugs, if you not had stayed off the drugs, right off the booze, and, stayed away yeah. from me and Timmy, read yeah, a little yeah. bit, read a book yeah. Yeah. now and again. Yeah. First of all, motherfuckers, I not need swearing would help as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Not talking ever like a even sailor. Thought about whatever. Yeah, fuck you both. How about that? <laughs> See. This is why. This is why, why you got that E rating, and why you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah, it's why our I mean, podcast is always going to be just hovering around the top 200. We're never going. Yeah. My fault. We're never going to break. Have a breakthrough because of your swearing. Yeah. Be a lady. Be professional. Be for a lady. Fuck's sake, be for, 
Be a professional. Act like a lady. Yeah. I am a lady, ass face. Yeah, and a lady would not say that. Whoa, 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 she's a lady. No. See, the thing is. Talking about my little lady. Our listeners no. like that when she swears because they, she's this <clears throat> rebel and all that. Yeah. You know. But, they don't but really, they, no one, none of them would marry her. <laughs> no, hell no. Hell, I'm already married. Hell no. I'm already taken, so. <laughs> you know. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's kind of like the guys. Dave's a lucky you know, guy. <laughs> guys will sleep with, with sluts, but they won't marry. So, they right? won't take them home. Yeah. They won't take them home to me, mama. So, they'll, 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 you know. How many mamas you met? Plenty. That's what I want to know. How many mamas you met? Plenty. I'm not. I'm not saying you, you're. You're. You have. Lo, you're, you're. Nothing about your moral character. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. you swear a lot. You do they, swear a lot. Yeah. Which is an indicator. Well, I don't have Tourette's. I can <coughs> stop it if I, I so that's choose. the whole thing. If you, you had you Tourette's, no we could excuse you. Have it. no filter. So I don't so, want a filter. I'm just saying, if you were a little bit more ladylike, perhaps our podcast would be a little bit higher in the ratings. Ratings. I don't think it's my fault. <laughs> Maybe it's source material is our problem. Oh, there's nothing wrong with our source material. <laughs> our scripts are uh, beyond reproach, above reproach, beyond it as well. All right, let's talk about Lynette Scricky from right? Okay. All right, let's get on yeah, her. Can we? Yeah. Okay. So um, anyway, she, she started doing drugs and started drinking. Her grades started dropping, and... Um, she finally left home. She was suffering from depression. And she left home, and Charlie Manson saw her on Venice Beach and struck up a conversation with her. Because you know Charlie, right? Charlie, a smooth operator. Yeah, you know, he's right at the right place at the right time. He's a panty dropper. Operator. He really was a panty we'll dropper. We'll have to ask Cindy, because she's, she's an expert on all things panty dropping. <sighs> Cindy Lou? <clears throat> yeah. So it uh, wasn't long, uh, uh, Fro- uh, Lynette Squeaky Frome found Manson's philosophies and attitudes appealing, and they become close friends, and they st- she started traveling together with Manson and Mary Bruner, and Charlie, Mary, and Lynette started living together in a house in San Francisco, I already mentioned. As a family grew to include more women and some men, Manson became sort of the spiritual leader of the group, because, you know, he's... Had so much. Well, know. he took that Carnegie course. Yes, exactly. Um, so Charlie and he would he would talk to them about prison and stuff. So you know, they, most of these were kids, middle class kids that you know were never had experienced life. And he, you know, he had been raised in uh, in state custody, basically. He showed them how to use the straight razor and get some sodomy in. How to make a shank out of a toothbrush? (laughs) Yeah. Those are are important skills. Well, they were. They ended up being important skills for them. Yeah, Tex Watson, we'll talk about him later, but he ended up being the, uh, he taught a murder class on on Spawn Ranch. Nice. So Charlie's main goal at this time, as I said before, was his singing career. And the family's sole purpose, they started calling themselves the family, Sole purpose was to ensure that Manson became bigger than the Beatles. Uh, to help Charlie uh, achieve this goal, they would do anything, including murder. Yes. Eventually, the family uh, ended up on Spawn Ranch uh, in Southern California near Death Valley. The ranch was an old movie studio uh, where they shot a lot of old Western movies. The owner of the ranch was a man named George Spawn, thus the name Spawn Ranch. Oh, okay. 
He was nearly blind, and he allowed Charlie and the family to live on the ranch. In return, Charlie directed uh, uh, Lynette to meet all of Spawn's needs. Oh, no. Little Squeaky. That's why they call her Squeaky, because Spawn would pinch her. Hmm? He would pinch her, and she would squeal. And so he started, uh, Spawn started calling her Squeal squeaky. like a pig. Mm-hmm. You sure got a pretty mouth. <laughs> so this old man who came, you know, he, he came to see what he's banging, basically. Yeah. I mean, he could have been. probably good for him. He didn't care. And, uh, I mean, he, he you know, he could have been banging someone else. He could have been banging Tex Watson for all he knew. Ew. I think he might know. Yeah, he might. Yeah. They had different, uh, different parts. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Squeaky was his uh, main squeeze. She was to take keep him happy uh, so that they could stay at the ranch. Um, Squeaky did not take part in the Tate-La-Balanca murders. La Bianca. Yeah, in August of 1969. The struggle's real for you, isn't it? It is. After Manson and some followers were arrested for the murder in 1969, um, she followed the um, trial. She moved. Uh, she camped outside of the courtroom. And um, she, when Charlie and his uh, co-defendants carved an X in their head, Squeaky and her compatriots did the same. Now, she really did get the name Squeaky because the guy pinched yeah, her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. he was George, fornicating uh, with her? George Spahn, yeah. He, he, well, not when he was fornicating with her. He would, he would pinch her and she would squeak. And that's how that, that he gave her the name Squeaky, and that's how she got the name. Oh, okay. So this, this was non-fornicating pinching. Right, but he, they did fornicate. He, yeah. he, her job was to give him sex, basically, so they could stay there. Yeah, I need to give me a ranch. It was ranch. a quid pro quo, Colonel. Mm-hmm. I wish I had. If I had a ranch, I'd be. If I had a quid, I'd give me some pro. <laughs> I'd give me some pro, yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, while, you know, camping outside the courtroom during all the uh, proceedings, they proclaimed that Manson was innocent. Sure. Of course. Um, she was never in char- uh, charged with any involvement with the murders. Um, but she was convicted for attempting to prevent Manson's imprisonment um, followers from testifying. And so she got attempt a contempt of court charges because she refused to testify and she tried to Which interfere. is unusual because usually what happens, Timmy? Bitches be testifying. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I was slow with that. <laughs> well, you know what, though? I mean, what does she give a shit if she gets a contempt of court charge? Well, she didn't, I guess. Yeah, clearly. She was given short jail sentence for both offenses. In 1975, we talked a little bit about this on a uh, podcast we did just on her. 1975, during Led Zeppelin's North America concert tour, you still got the T-shirt for that, Colonel? Mm-hmm. From spoke with Danny Goldberg, who's the vice president of uh, the band's record company at a oh, hotel. Oh, yeah, I remember this. And... Um, she asked to speak with uh, guitarist Jimmy Page to warn him about bad energy. Ah, yeah, let's let this nut job do that. Uh, she claimed that she had foreseen the future, and she wanted to warn for Warren Page of his intimate danger. On the morning of, uh, of course, nothing ever happened of that, but on the morning of September 5th, 1975, Squeaky was back in the news again when at uh, in Sacramento... Um, she pulled a gun on President Gerald Ford. Uh, so she was arrested for trying to assassinate uh, the president. There were four 
magazine. The magazine was loaded with four rounds, but none of the cartridges were in the chamber. After a lengthy trial in which she refused to cooperate, she was uh, convicted of attempted assassination of the president and received a life sentence. Um, and uh, she uh, later on would escape. In 1975, she escaped. She also, uh, no, I'm sorry, in 1987, she escaped. In 1979, she attacked a fellow inmate with a uh, claw end of a hammer. Mm. On December 23rd, 1987, she escaped because she heard that Charlie Manson had uh, cancer and she wanted to be with him. I'm not sure how escaping would really get you there since he she was, was going to break into the other prison maybe she figured if she could get out of one she could get in the other yeah she was uh, recaptured within two days and sent back to prison in texas well because you knew where she was going it's not <laughs> yes. like she made it's not like it was a they big just mystery waited yeah, i was just saying though that's and that's 1987 so that's you know almost 20 years after that's the a murders. devoted woman right there. Yeah, she was still... Uh, that's ridiculous. I'll tell you what, I don't even know if Chucky. Rudy's that devoted. Anyway, she was released from prison in 2009, on August uh, 14, 2009. And as far as we know, she is now living in the state of New York. She's living in bliss. Yeah, so Lynette Squeaky Frome is out on the loose. Who else we got part of this, uh, <clears throat> this uh, family? Brandy. This dysfunctional yeah. family. So Susan Atkins, uh, uh, Susan Denise job. Atkins, was born on May seventh, nineteen forty-eight, which is, is two right days, around your birthday. Two days before my birthday, three days before your birthday. Yes, and that means and her a few parents. Years. Her parents, Chuck, she was pregnant on Christmas. Yeah, probably. Did. Yeah. By the she way, the big you know, belly through the Elise is having a baby. I know. And she is going to have a baby. It's due on May 19th, around our birthdays. And she's going to name it Timothy Charles, after me and the colonel. Mm -hmm. Or maybe after Manson, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, she should reconsider that. But yeah, I, I, I think she's pulling her leg. But yeah, because I'm sure she doesn't want her child to be middle management for you and know a, and, for, and, for and, a municipality. And, and uh, host of a sucky podcast. Yeah. She was, uh, so Susan was the second of three children <clears throat> born to alcoholic parents, and she grew up in Northern California. Well, see, when, you, when you're around two alcoholic parents, that's not a good thing because they fight over the booze. They do fight over the booze. She gets broken all the time. Okay. After she dropped out of high school to support herself because her mother died when she was 15 and her father, you know, abandoned the family because he's upstanding, uh, Atkins moved by herself to San Francisco. In early 1967, while staying with friends, Susan met Charlie Manson, and by the summer, she was on a road trip with Manson and his group. I wonder At if they had a bus like the Partridge family. You know they, they had, had a bus. A, they had yeah. a microbus. Come on, world, you know they had a microbus. A song I think they had little flowers it. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, uh, Volkswagen. Atkins settled with the Manson family at their oh, Southern I California ranch. I don't. Bringing. I don't need a theme song. Thank you. To make us happy. I love that song. What about Mr. Kincaid? Oh, good. What We're going to talk about this. You know what Mr. Kincaid was doing? You think he was banging Shirley Jones? Oh, he was banging her like a drum. They didn't even need a drummer in there because he was doing all the drumming on, on Shirley. You know, the little kids, they weren't that talented. <clears throat> well, first of all, 
They had a a, a girl bass Excuse player, me, Timmy. Davy Jones. No, that was who uh, was it? Uh, was he David Keith Jones? David. Keith Carter. Keith. Yeah. No, David Cassidy. David Cassidy. Cassidy. That's Susan what I'm thinking Day. of. Very interesting well, point. Susan Day was very talented. She went on to play on L.A. Law. Well, clearly, mm-hmm. then that makes her talented. <laughs> that, Donnie Bonaducci, not so much. He, Danny. Yeah, Danny. He, he went on to be. He went on to celebrity boxing. But David Cassidy is very. He was a dreamboat. Did, yeah, but do you know his dad? I don't think he's dead. No, uh, his dad died uh, in a horrific fire. In a fire that he he had been smoking cigarettes and he didn't put out the cigarette. He didn't put out the he cigarette. Was, he was Shirley Jones' husband, right? He was drinking wood grain alcohol. Yeah, it's bad. bad, bad. It's amazing and bad has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But my my point being, if Susan Day had an overbite. Yeah. That's your fucking point. That's your fucking point. Is that Susan Day had an overbite? Yeah, it well, was quite. It was unseemly head. at the time. <laughs> it was unseemly. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you you'd be afraid to put things in there. Did Jimmy. they really? I don't think they really sang today. They? they was lip syncing, weren't they? They yeah, they was lip syncing. Shirley Jones had playing that tambourine and uh yeah i don't or, know or that. or the keyboard no uh what susan day susan played day it. played the keyboards yeah this one i didn't get about a mom traveling across the country with her kids doing rock and roll shows you know the kids had groupies and whatnot they was having parties drinking liquor getting fornicating all over the place so I you mean, think why would you mr. let your kids Kincaid was that? banging her mr Kincaid was banging her as soon as Lori turned 18 he turned on her you know, you like know, pay to play. because you know uh, Keith Partridge, he just mm-hmm. he just look in those girls' eyes and sing, "I think I love you." Man, think, that's a panty dropper right there. That I song's think a panty I dropper. love you. I think I love you. That's a panty dropper. You gotta admit, Brandy, that's a panty. That song is. It a made panty me dropper. drop my panty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's back. Let's go back to this other dysfunctional cheer family. Up. Back to what Charlie. Is it? Cheer up, sleepy, sleepy Jean. Jean. That's oh, the monkeys. Yeah. A different group. It's a fucking. Oh, okay, Jesus. never mind. I have I have the monkeys' latest CD. It's really good. Is it? Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, they, they're really good. But you know, Davy Jones is dead, of course. Yes. So when they play that in concert, a day dream believer, they have none of the guys can hit the high notes, so they have the audience sing it. Oh, it's fascinating. I know. Sweet. Caroline. I didn't know they were on tour. Yeah, yeah, they oh, are. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Sweet I, I, Neil Diamond now. Shut the fuck up! It's free for association just a because he wrote "Daydream it's Believer." Not free association. I don't Neil like Neil Diamond. Diamond. Wrote Day- it's association Daydream. with the fucking Manson How family. How in the hell is Neil Diamond not in Rock and Roll Hall? I don't like Neil Diamond. I didn't like that movie about him coming to America or uh, whatever. Jazz singer, that was a poor. Jazz movie. singer is a horrible movie. Right. But how okay. did how Let's did he not on get Charlie into Manson. the Rock and Roll know. Hall of Fame? I don't know. I saw Bob Seger last night though at the Kennedy Center Honors. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, Bob, I, I would love to see him. Bob Seger's fantastic. I've seen I've him turned a couple the page. times in concert. He, wonderful. What's wonderful. the other song he? He's got a million of night well, moves. Night moves. Yeah. Ship, oh, yeah, like in Hollywood Nights and Ship of Fools. Hollywood. He has some great ones. Now I'm thinking of that. Not turn the page, but the other song about um, where he's on the road. I can't think of the name of it. Roll me away, Timmy. Yeah, roll me away. I roll, like that song. Roll me away. Won't you roll me away tonight? All right, uh, Brandy. Back it to doesn't you. sound the same. I too when you am talk. lost and I feel double crossed, and I'm sick of what's wrong and what's right. I would like to see Bob Seger in concert. Uh, of the three p- artists, who white artists in Detroit, the the ones I want to see is Bob Seger and Eminem. I don't want to see Ted Nugent. Or Just Kid saying. Rock. 
No, kid or rocks. Kid Rock. That's right. I forgot. Four. I don't want to say Kid Rock. I think uh, except are they Kid Ninja does that little catch scratch fever. I read a I read a saw a headline the other day that said uh, country mourns uh, that he's still alive. The, the fact that Ted Nugent is still living. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so discovered alive. You know, he was on. You remember when uh, on Fox when uh, Huckleby had that show. Huckabee. Yeah. Huckabee? Huckabee, Huckabee yeah. Finn. Uh-huh. And, uh... God damn it. <laughs> and so he had, you know, all these bunch of old people in the audience, all these blue hairs in mm. the audience, and he has Ted Nugent on, and he's playing Cat Scratch Fever. Cat Fever. Yeah. It, and I'm like, do they know what the song's about? <laughs> wang dang, sweet poo well, dang. <laughs> wang dang, sweet yeah. dang. They threw some bloomers up on the stage. <laughs> so, that's a panty dropper. <laughs> yeah. But those panties drop to look like parachutes <laughs> when they go down. Okay. Can we move on? Yeah, back to Charlie Manson. Come on, try to stay on That'd be great. You, All we right. can, why can we never get through your segment? Susan Atkins. Because you are some Gabby fuckers. Susan Atkins. Atkins settled with the Manson family at their Southern California ranch where she gave birth to a son whom Manson named, bear with me, Zizosi Zadfrak Glutz. Well, that's catchy. Mm-hmm. He had previously dubbed Atkins Sally Mae Glutz, because that's what we do. We just make oh, shit yeah. up. Well, he'd give all of them nicknames. But what, what was the, the kid's name? Zizozos is what it looks like. Z-E-Z-O-Z-O-S-E. Zizozos. Yeah. That's easy enough. He must have been having one of his days. Zadfrak. Wait. Zizozos. He's having one of his spells. Zadfrak. Zizozos. Bob. Zadfrak. Well, you know, you don't forget forget that name. Yeah. So, uh, by by July of 1969, Atkins was a trusted member of Manson's inner circle, and he took her and two others with him to shake down a man named Gary Hinman for money. When Hinman wouldn't comply, uh, Manson slashed his face with a sword. That happens. And left. Yeah, Uh, another report says that he slashed off a slice of his ear. And the remaining trio later beat and killed him. Why are you carrying a sword? Anywho, a sword. Well, you never know. You never know. Yeah. I got a sword, Mom. You do know. You do know. You never know. Some of us carry our mighty swords with us all the Mm. time, devil. By this point, Manson's vision of a race war were propelling his every move, and he had a bizarre plan to instigate it by murdering people in their homes and blame it on the Black Panthers. Yeah, so at this point, he, <clears throat> we'll get into this in the next episode, but he gets, he gets in his mind that um, there's going to be a race war. Because this, yes. this is around 68 when Martin Luther King is killed, and you know there's the uh, race riots. And he gets in his mind that Helter Skelter, the song Helter Skelter, it's is speaking to him. Speaking to him, the, right? About the it's code. Is that anywhere in? It will be in, in the next episode. Oh, so you're no, foreshadowing. I'm just, I'm just but, commenting you know, on it. I want you. I want you to think about this because you read a lot about these crimes. Why didn't he leave one of the berets behind? Because he's not that bright. Because they all wore berets. The Black Panthers. They, did. Raspberry berets. No, that was Prince. That was Prince. Whatever. All right, so not the kind you find in the second hand. Not so no, I know. Uh, really, you can't hard. It's hard to find them in the second hand store. Raspberry. Raspberry. You Every can't time find berets around at all. There's no. lice and bed bugs and shit. 
All right, so on August 8th, Manson sent four of his followers, including Adkins, to the house of director Roman Polanski and the pregnant Sharon Tate. Manson ordered them to kill everybody in the house. By the end of the night, Tate and four others in the house were dead. Atkins later admitted to holding Tate down while Charles Tex Watson stabbed her to death. Susan was later convicted and sentenced to death, uh, a sentence which, like the others, was commuted to life in 1972. What the fuck ever. In well, April, that's when the Supreme Court ruled that, I know. Uh, that the death penalty was unconstitutional. So really they got convicted at a kind of a good time, just that window there mm. between... 68 and 72. The Supreme Court's like the highest court we have. Yeah. Uh, In April of 2008, after almost 30 years in prison, uh, it was revealed that Atkins had been hospitalized with terminal brain cancer. That's a shame. One leg had been amputated, and she was given less than six months to live. No, I don't know. I'm just reading what it says. Uh, Atkins was given less than six months to live, and subsequently, and subsequently requested a compassionate release from prison. Fuck you. Oh, good. That request was denied. She died on September 24th, 2009 at the Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla. Chinchilla. This Chowchilla. says Chowchilla. She died in the arms of a chinchilla. What, what a way to go. I bet it's soft and furry. She, she also, there was, they, they were sent to do another murder the night of the La Bianca murders. Uh-huh. And they couldn't find the guy. Well, actually, one of the family members kind of told him the wrong direction because she, uh, Cabassi, Linda Cabassin? Mm-hmm. Cabassin? Yeah, she wanted out. She wanted <clears throat> out. So she gave him wrong direction. But anyway, she uh, Susan Atkins defecated in the hallway. They, they couldn't kill him. Because so. they're ladies. Well, got to go. You got to go, Colonel. <laughs> so, <laughs> Leslie... Uh, let's see. You know, these have been some mur- murderer motherfuckers had they had GPSs back then. I'm telling you. Yeah. Leslie Louise Van Houten uh, was born on August 23rd, 1949 in the Los Angeles suburb of Altadena. She grew up in a middle-class church-going family along with an older brother and an adopted brother and sister who were Korean. Her mother mm. and father divorced when she was 14 and she began to take LSD Benzedrine and hashish around age 15. And kimchi. Mm. Okay. Running away for a time, but returning to <laughs> complete high school. <laughs> she was doing feng shui. She may she have been, I don't give a fuck what she was doing. She was <laughs> fucked up. I don't care what she was on. Yeah, you know, the thing is. I don't is, think it was feng shui, though. Manson was feeding them all acid and stuff, mm-hmm. but no one ever saw him take it. Yeah, well, no. Yeah, so he was keeping them stoned and. You, you ever take acid? No. No, but, you know, I did, I've did. i never either, but my uh, friends and my brothers that would hang out, like I was a kid then during during that whole end of the 60s thing, but they would take it, and then, you know, and they would report, like, re- really weird stuff. I'm not sure how much it was bullshit, but they were like... I'm not sure my mind could handle Buildings it. melting and shit like that. Was, yeah, I, I... LSD. That's a drug I understand brand. what LSD is, okay. believe me. Lysergic Have you ever taken acid? Acid. Mm-hmm. What was your experience on it? I mean, did you at least It was take? a long time ago. No, it wasn't too bad. I didn't like it, but it was a long time ago. I've All done right. it pretty much. I haven't done heroin. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Well, the day's yeah. young. The day is <laughs> young. All right, yeah. so. Yeah. It's only 2.12 in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, she returned uh, to complete high school. 
She ran away. She came back. She completed high school. At 17, she became pregnant and was forced by her mother to under, undergo a in, an induced miscarriage. Air quotes. Induced yeah, miscarriage. It's, uh, also called an abortion, isn't it? Well, <laughs> her mother later informed her sometimes later that the procedure could not be referred to as an abortion as the fetus was too far along. Uh, so it was murder, basically. Well, basically. All right. Um, Why didn't she just throw her down the steps a bunch of times? I I know. You remember back in the day when you could get Quaaludes, Timmy? Yes. Lemon 714s. I never took Quaaludes, but they kind of slowed things down. Oh, they was just the... Chill you out. Yeah, uh, probably the best drug (laughs) I ever took was Quaaludes. Okay. You know, I've never done anything except smoke marijuana. Van Houten... I was a good boy. Van Houten stated... Van Houten stated that after this event, she felt very removed and harbored intense anger toward her mother. She had a period of interest in yoga and took a year well, we all do. Who does secretarial it? course. Are you still doing the hot yoga, Colonel? I like, um, I like, well, the Mrs. Colonel occasionally does the downward dog. All right. We'll just leave it at that, Randy. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's continue in your yeah. story. It depends on if I feel like cooking Do you think she swing. would be very happy that you have just portrayed her that way? I believe let's she would Let's find be, out. I believe she'd be quite proud. Don't, no, no, text her now. Don't text her now. Let's, 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 let's get on with the story out. because we're getting behind. Be let's, let's get Are we? Wonder why we're getting behind. <laughs> try to it's keep a up. fucking mystery. Yeah, we should get Scooby on that <laughs> shit. Try to keep up. <laughs> yeah, come on, devil. Stay on topic, for God's Professional. sake. Professional. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Yeah. So she This is why we can't have anything nice around here. We can't get in me. break the top 200 on We can't even We're lucky we're in the top 500. We really are. <laughs> we're going to have to cut focus. <laughs> it's like a, Do I have time to go get lunch while the two of you sit there and stroke each other? We want to know more about Susan Come on, tell uh, us more, uh, devil. Laura Van Houten. Houten. Leslie? Yeah. Professor. Her. Yeah, her. You don't want to fucking hear about it anymore. I do. You should at least get her name right. Yeah, I do. Uh, Let's see. She took off and took a year-long secretarial course but became a hippie living in a commune. Damn dirty hippies. After a few months on a commune in Northern California, Van 
Ben, is it Houghton? Ben Houghton met Catherine Cher and Bobby. Is it Beausoleil? Mm-hmm. Beausoleil. Beausoleil. All right, and moved in with them and another woman during the summer of 1968. The Bobby Beausoleil was a handsome man. Well, okay. The four broke He's up. He was a panty dropper. He, I, you know what? We're going to have to get some opinions from the female listeners, but looking at these men, Bobby Beausoleil and Tex Watson. Handsome devils. Handsome, handsome, handsome guys. Uh, the four broke up after jealous arguments, and uh, Catherine Cher left to join Charles Manson's commune. Van Houten, then age 19, followed her. At this time, she phoned her mother to say she was dropping out would not be making contact again. After moving in with the Manson family at Spawn Ranch, uh, Leslie became saturated in acid and could not grasp the existence of those living a non-psychedelic reality. I, yeah, I, I struggle with time. that. I have a hard time yeah. grasping in that reality. <laughs> Non-Xanax reality. <laughs> oh, I don't know why everyone is a non-Xanax. <laughs> they should be. Leslie yeah. would participate in the Tate-LaBianca murders and be charged with four counts of murder. On August 16, 1969, Van Houten was one of those booked after a raid on the Spawn Ranch by police investigating thefts. Manson suspected ranch hand Donald Shea had ratted on the group and had him tortured and murdered. Well, you know. Uh, the family... That was Shorty, wasn't it? Shorty Shay? I don't think so. I don't know. It just says Donald. I believe it's Shorty Shay. The family partially moved to the Barker Ranch, where they drew attention to themselves by vandalism. And that'll draw attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. Manson was arrested on October 12, 1969. By this time, a motorcycle gang had informed on the Manson group for the Tate killing. Oh, you get ratted out by a motorcycle gang? Hey, when Hell's Angels rat you is out? It, you fucked up. There's no um, honor among thieves. Well, they give him some bad drugs. Uh, Van Houten stayed with another woman in the desert searching for the hole in the ground before being arrested in December of 1969. I'll explain that hole in the ground. I'm sure. No, I mean, seriously. Part of Manson's theory was there going to be this race war and blacks... All the blacks are going to kill all the white people, except for him and his family who are going to live a subterranean life. Oh. And then they were going to come up out of a hole in the ground, and they were going to be seen as the leaders of the new The new blacks world. were not capable of ruling. Yeah, so they kill would need... The white people. They would need... <laughs> kill my Char- landlord. Charles Manson, yeah. So were they just going to... I, don't ask me to explain it. Were they he building a bunker under there no, or just going to live hole. in a rabbit hole? Rabbit hole. There was going to be mole people uh. until the war was over, and then they was going <clears> to <throat> come out. Now, this is Charlie Sinkin. That's really what he thought. Yes. That the the blacks would win the war, but they weren't capable of leading. So when they came out of the hole. They need someone with his organization. They would need skills. someone. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. That's really what he believed. How to scout to. kind of knew that, but Okay. You seem confused about no, the No, I was ground. confused that, you know, there's not like a bunker or they're not staying in any kind of well, like, they was a tube down there. They were just going to... They was improvising no, at this point. bunker was too bourgeois for them. Yeah. Um, let's see. So Van Houten, actually, she got picked up by the cops and sang like a bird. She helped identify those that actively had participated in the Tate-LaBianca murders and who had been there but not killed anyone. Uh, you can't take her to war. On March 29, 1971, <clears throat> she was convicted of murder with the other defendants. Murder. Uh, Van Houten was sentenced to be executed. Yeah. She was the youngest woman ever condemned to death in California. 
no death row for female prisoners existed, so a special unit was built underground. Uh, special unit. You really don't go in any trouble. <laughs> the death sentences were automatically. I have a special unit. I have a special unit myself. Pretty fond of it, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the death sentences were automatically commuted to life in prison after the California Supreme Court People v. Anderson decision resulted in the invalidation of all death sentences opposed in California prior to 1972. So I assume she is still in jail. Yes. Okay. Now, Mr. Bobby Beausoleil. Beausoleil. Beausoleil, Boza there, Boza. Fuck! Let me French. get it out. Say it in the French. Beausoleil. I said Beausoleil. Ooh-wee. Bobby Beausoleil. Okay. You have to speak Cajun. I don't. You don't have the Cajun he, in you, don't you? I don't. He was born on November 6, 1947, to a working-class family in Santa Barbara. Which was prior to the holidays. Yes. Beausoleil's mm-hmm. father was a milkman. Huh. He was a good-looking but rebellious youth, and by 15, he was sent to reform school. Ooh-wee. After reform school... He drifted between San Francisco and Los Angeles. He was involved in music and acting. He, in 1966, well, he wanted to be, clearly he wanted to be an actor in the Partridge family because Mm -hmm. his music and acting. his love of the There you go. For the monkeys. In 1966, Beausoleil joined several rock bands, such as the Milky Way and Love. Do you have their their hits? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Milky Way. Fucking, they're better in concert than they are, yeah. Love's greatest squirts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dream was to become an actor. In 1967, he met Kenneth Anger. Thespian! Had a part in Anger's film, Lucifer Rising. After falling out with Anger in 1967, Beausoleil moved back to Los Angeles, where he acted in a soft porn movie shoot on the Spawn Ranch with Manson follower Catherine Scher. Let me explain what soft porn is. Also it's known like, as just It's like gypsy. porn where the guy can't get aroused. Isn't it, Colonel? They don't show the wiener going in. Yeah. Well, no. There's two different things here. He's saying they can't get around, so <laughs> you hit it with a floppy. Clearly, yeah. that's what we're going for. And you're just I saying they one. don't do penetration. You ever seen the movie Tattoo with James Woods and no. somebody else? Yes. Do you know James Woods later claimed that he actually fornicated with the woman? You know what? They claim that. Uh, what was that? Wild Orchid. It was one of those movies that, oh, yes, oh, yeah. they actually did it. And that the, was uh, Mickey Rourke uh, Mickey and Carrie Rourke Otis. And... No, it was. Yes, uh, it was. It was Carrie Otis. Wasn't Kim Basinger? No, it was the girl from uh, the Cosby's. Oh, man. Lisa no, Bonet. She was in that, too. Oh, Angel Heart. You're oh, right. You're right. Yeah, fuck yourself. So, anyway. Well, I would okay, have done Lisa Bonet, but not uh, Carrie Mickey, Otis? Mickey Rourke. Well, no, Mickey O'Rourke was good looking until he got his face bashed in and had all kinds of jacked up plastic surgery. He was surgery. good in The Rassler, though. He was the good Rassler. in Diner, too. I liked him in that. Okay. So she. So, and the Outsiders. So now Manson's making his own softcore porn. No, 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 no. This is uh, Beausoleil. Beausoleil doing the porn. Okay, no, Manson. clearly there's something going on because they're at the Spawn Ranch. He's got another Manson follower. Manson's in there somewhere. I don't care if he's shooting it with eight millimeter. But continue. He's please. there. I understand it's Beausoleil. Okay. You uh, all let, act like I'm lucky to get to work every fucking day. Uh, he's potentially there. All right. Please uh, just continue. go. Please go with the facts in front of you. And yes. Don't, just read the script as it is written. Editorialize. Do not. Please. Do not improvise. Yeah. Don't it's improvise. Not, you don't have the facts. You Timmy are does. hired only to read what's on the piece of paper. <laughs> You let me do the thinking. Yeah. Let us do the thinking. 
I'll let me do the thank you. <laughs> you're here. Okay, talking you're here for one reason. Yeah. You're here for one reason. All you have to do is read what's on the script. Beausoleil. Thank you, Colonel. can't even do that right. Thank you, Colonel. Continue, Brandy. If you'd ever get through your damn section. Yeah, because it is getting late. Got to get out of here. I'm going to make sure you leave late no, today. No, 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 no. Let's, let's keep rolling. I'm going to talk kind of slow. <laughs> like See, the sloth on Zootopia. I know. No one's going to listen to this thing. He early. began living with Manson Associate <laughs> Man, Gary Hinman. H-I-N-M-A-N. No, this is important. This is important. Him. And soon met Charlie himself, who was impressed with Beausoleil's musical abilities. Beausoleil. Very good. We're hanging on the edge of our seat, devil. All right, let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the story. Dick Don't make us stop this goddamn show. Fucking dickhole. <laughs> In 1969, Bobby became an active part of Manson's family. He used his good looks and charms to recruit new female members to the family. See, he was a panty dropper. Mm-hmm. Gary Hinman was killed over money and property that Manson claimed Hinman owed to the family. Yeah, that's when he cut off it his was, ear. It was also intended to serve as the first of a series of murders committed by the family to start Helter Skelter, a Skelter. war that Manson had preached to his family that would happen in the summer of 69. Accompanying Beausoleil that night were Susan Atkins Brian and Brian Adams Bruner. predicted that, mm-hmm. too. In, in the summer, summer of 16. Interesting thing about that song. Quick thing. God damn it. It's not referring to the year. Yeah. Okay. The summer of 69 is gotcha. when he gotcha. Gotcha. discovered gotcha. a certain act Yes. with his girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> 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 Fucking idiot. All right. No, it's true. I, I don't care. Okay. I Everybody just knows that. Did you, it doesn't did you matter. Know that, Timmy? No, I didn't know that. Everybody okay. knows that. Timmy's a lying motherfucker. <laughs> Timmy knew that. All it right. Summer of '69. It was intended to serve as the first in Helter Skelter, and he preached the family summer of '69. December of '63 was about the guys going to a hotel. <sighs> mm-hmm. Accompanying Bolsley, he came really fast. Yeah. Accompanying Bolsley that night were Susan Atkins and Mary Bruner, both of whom were later involved in other murders and crimes as well. More than a decade later, Beausoleil said that Hinman had supplied him with a batch of bad yeah, drugs, mescaline, that Beausoleil Mesc. had turned, turned, in turn had sold to the. Oh, that this is the problem, because Timmy can't keep his fucking dick sucker shut. They sold him a batch of bad mescaline that Beausoleil had. It had in turn sold to the Straight Satan's motorcycle gang. Not the Straight Satan's. And that's when the bikers demanded their money back. You don't want to piss off a Straight Satan. Um, I'll tell you who's worse is the gay Satan's. Those <laughs> motherfuckers will fuck you But they're, we- they're well-dressed. <laughs> they're well-dressed. So the bikers demanded their money back, and Manson told Beausoleil to go get it from Hinman. Hinman is said to have refused to pay, saying, I don't have any money to give you. Beausoleil called Manson back at Spawn Ranch to tell him there was no there, there was no money forthcoming. Beausoleil, Atkins, and Bruner then led hit, held him captive in his own home in an attempt to convince him to refund the money. Manson arrived and proceeded to slice off a part of Hinman's ear with a sword. Oh, good. Atkins and Bruner stitched it up afterwards with dental floss. That's sanitary. Well, I it, bet they don't have any medical training. It, it's all for not because they killed him anyway. <laughs> right. Manson, Seems like a lot to do for somebody who's going to yeah. kill anyway. Right. Manson then ordered Beausoleil to kill Hinman 
and told him to make it look like a crime had been committed by black revolutionaries, as he had been predicting to the family that a race war was imminent. This, you know, what I don't get, if he's so confident in his prediction, why does he have to create... got to just help it along. Yeah, that's what I mean. Why, why would you do that? Beausoleil... Just hang out and wait, wait in a rabbit hole. Beausoleil stabbed Hinman to death as him enchanted a Buddhist chant. Afterwards, he wrote the words, political piggy, on a wall in Hinman's blood in an attempt to lead police to believe the murder was done by a group of radicals. Well, after, after they were pretty radical. After he wrote the words, Beausoleil dipped his hand in Hinman's blood and left a paw print, oh. symbolizing the Black Panthers, in order to mislead the investigators of Hinman's murder. Beausoleil was subsequently arrested on August 6, 1969, after falling asleep in Hinman's broken-down Fiat, alongside the... This guy's not very smart. He might be good-looking, he's not smart. Alongside the highway at... Is it Cuesta? Mm-hmm. Cuesta Grande. A steep segment of U.S. Route 101 between San Luis Obispo and this other place. You know who lives by Spawn Ranch is Larry. The oh, does guy? he? Well, he lived there. He said he's very familiar with that area. On April 18, 1970, a Supreme... Cunningham? Truel. Oh, two acts. No, no, no. Tru- oh, Tru- Tru- Trujillo. Yeah, Trujillo. Trujillo. Yeah. Okay. On April 18, 1970, a, Supreme, a Superior Court jury in Los Angeles found Beausoleil, age 22, guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced him to death. Of course, his sentence was commuted to life in prison in 72. <clears throat> He's currently serving his sentence in a California medical facility. Beausoleil's latest bid for parole came in October of, ni- of 2016, and he was denied. He's not a panty drop. You know why? If he... Uh, it could have been worse because had he not got arrested two days... That was two days before the Tate murders. Right. So he could have been involved in that. But I guess it does. he's still alive, so... Well, here we get into another interesting character, Timmy. Yeah, let's get, continue, Colonel. Um, it's Tex Watson. Guess where he was from? I'm guessing Texas, but... Copeville, Texas. All right, there you go. His parents owned a gas station, and they were well thought of in the community, Timmy. Mm -hmm. He was the youngest of three children, and they often attended the Copeville Methodist Church. So he had the Lord. His parents tried to provide him with the Lord's guidance, but he went astray. He He had some churching. In high school, he was an honor student and an athlete and worked as an editor on the school paper. Sounds like a pretty well-rounded individual. September 64, he went to Denton, Texas to attend North Texas State University where he joined a fraternity. Uh, That fraternity might have been banger, killer, slicer. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. But uh, in January 1967, he began working at Braniff Airlines as a baggage handler. And Braniff Airlines is no longer around, is it? No. He used his free airline tickets to travel and visit a frat brother in Los Angeles. There he became interested in the psychedelic lifestyle of the late 60s. I'm kind Once of in, myself. In, in, you have Los Angeles, but people who have traveled a lot, we just call it L.A., Oh, um, once in L.A., he enrolled at Cal State. You're acting like you let, left your house. <laughs> <laughs> but quickly dropped out. Caught See, up quickly. L.A., L for Los A for Angeles is what he's saying. Yeah. Why are you talking to our listeners like they're stupid? No, I'm talking to you. <laughs> like you're stupid. I don't think you are. Now, here's an interesting event. I doubt it. Watson. Michael Bursall lives in L.A. Yes, he mm. does. And Sydney. And Sydney. Same. Yeah. One night, Watson sees a hitchhiker. 
This uh, this could be true, could be a legend that Watson made up. But anyway, the hitchhiker turned out to be Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys. See, round, I, round, get around. I don't get, get this around. whole Beach Boy connection. I mean, so he meets. Why was the beat? Why was the Beach Boys out hitchhiking? Why was Dennis? It was just one Beach Boy. Mm-hmm. Well, right, but I know, but his little Deuce Cooper. Well, you got to remember, Dennis Wilson was the insane Beach Boy. But he picks up. Uh, Watson no, picks him up. Well, I know, but I mean, they also meet. Getting do, Manson gets introduced to the Beach Boys when Lynette, Squeaky Frome, and some of the girls were hitchhiking, and then they pick him up. I don't know. Was it Brian Wilson that picked him up? Yeah, Charlie was somehow a regular visitor. Yeah, they um, moved into his house. Yeah, <laughs> they had to kick Charlie him out. became a, a regular visitor. So like the guest that wouldn't leave. Wilson invites him back to the mansion which was filled with people hanging out listening to music and charlie's already living there um now watson moves into the house meets charlie and who was a regular visitor still living at the spawn ranch um wilson eventually kicked everyone out and watson moved out to the desert with charlie where he proceeded to fall under charlie's one of them wrecked his ferrari That'll do it. They didn't have any insurance. Ended up costing them like $100,000. Yeah, that's not... It, he they, wrecked his little deuce coupe. Well, they tore up his house. And... Well, Man- Manson was anxious to bring in more man- male fem- members to his family. He was looking for a male member. He needed more members because there was all kinds of horny-ass psychedelic women on acid in there. And you know what women on acid And want. you know Lynette Squeaky Frome. She liked to squeak. <laughs> she liked to George Spawn was not I mean he was tapping it but <laughs> yeah he wasn't hitting it hard he was hitting that with a half floppy yeah, yeah she needed some servicing mm-hmm. so Watson moved out to the ranch in November 68 but was back four months moved still, out of the I ranch she's still crazy fuck even now <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> hit me with that floppy <laughs> <laughs> so Watson moved out of the ranch in November but he was back four months later, and upon his return, he found the focus of the Manson family had changed to what Manson called Helter Skelter, this race war. Tex was assigned by Manson to teach the other members how to kill. Tex would hold murder classes for other members of the ranch. How would he know? Why don't you ever uh, hold murder classes? Yeah. I don't want people to know my secrets. Now, that, to, That's a transferable skill that you have that you can share with others. I don't want to. People will know my secrets. To participate, to precipitate Helter Skelter, Manson sent Watson and three of Manson's girls to 10050 Cielo Drive and told them to kill everyone there, which they did, savagely stabbing Sharon Tate, Wojciech Frakowski, Abigail Folger, and Jay Sebring, along with a male visitor, Stephen Parent. A hairdresser. But you know, um, Jay Sebring was the hairdresser. Oh, okay. Stephen Parent was just a young and kid then, who uh, happened to be there. The Folger was the coffee, she, yeah, she's coffee, coffee heiress. Yeah. Yeah. And Sharon Tate, of course, was married to Roman, Roman Polanski. Although they they we went there because be uh, there was, was a, he is a bit rapey, isn't he? Mm-hmm. They were just renting that. She kind of dodged a, a bullet. A music. They producer. thought it belonged to somebody else. Yeah, the music producer. Yeah, the music producer who turned Carl- Charlie down later. Charlie was pissed. Charlie was pissed because they wouldn't produce his music. They, and they laughed at him. Yeah. Um, Never laugh at Charlie, Brandy. I'll remember that. Now, the next night, Watson sent, or Charlie sent Watson and women to kill uh, Lino and Rosemary LaBianca. And Watson brutally killed them both, while Leslie Van Houten and Patricia, P- 
Patricia Kringwinkle, Krenwinkle helped before fleeing to Texas on October 12, 1969. Yeah, he got out of Dodge. He didn't stay around for the trial. No, he did not. Watson had a hand in one more murder, that of Ranchan uh, Donald Shorty Shea. Shorty Shea, the one that uh, Manson accused of. He thought he was ratting to the police. What happened was right right after the murders, the police came and raided the ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were st- they were stoking out or staking out the ranch because of a they thought Manson and his family was still in cars, and they arrested him for auto theft. And when Manson was freaking out because he thought that they were there to arrest him for the murders, and when he asked them what the charge was, and they said auto theft, Manson started laughing at him, and they couldn't figure out why he was laughing. But they arrested him, but they didn't. Uh, they put the wrong date on the search warrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he got off so with a technicality. Yeah. Well, after man, after Watson commits all these murders, he goes back to Texas and cleans himself up. Starts living straight. Um, our friend Tex. Our friend Tex. <clears throat> but four months later, he was arrested for the Tate LaBianca murders. They tried to fight extradition to California for nine months, but he lost. Here's an interesting thing. Upon returning to California, Watson, he began regressing to a catatonic state. Yeah. He stopped talking and eating, losing 55 pounds. He was admitted to a state hospital for a 90-day evaluation to see if he was suitable to stand trial. He stayed there until 1971 when they said, oh, okay, he's not crazy anymore. And he was convicted on seven counts of first-degree murder and one count of conspiracy. He was really the one, I mean, uh, he was the one that was taking the lead on those murders in both yeah. uh, Tate and Levine. Yeah, none of them would have probably happened without him. The women yeah. would have been, and, and he was a very powerful guy, too, mm-hmm. so he could, you know. He was Charlie's right-hand man. He was sentenced to death, of course, but that was commuted later. So he, but he... Uh, he tried to go back to Texas, change his life around, put it all, put the seven murders behind <laughs> yeah. him. Turn the page. Go back to school, you know. Yeah, turn the page. Try to, but they wouldn't let him. Bastards. So Patricia Krimwinkle, born on December third, her mama. Now this chick is a loon. Yeah. Yeah. Now here, here we go. Texas birthday was December second. Uh-huh. Hers was December third. Mm. And yours is when? December seventh. Hmm. Coincidence? I think not. Now, her parents got divorced when she was 17. After graduation, she moved from California to Alabama to live with her mother. She attended a Catholic college for one semester before moving to Manhattan Beach, California to live with her stepsister, Charlene, who was a heroin addict. Yes. Back when being a heroin addict wasn't cool. Right. Now, Krenwinkle met Charlie soon after at a nearby house where he was visiting along with Mary Bruner and Lynette Frome. She would immediately become the youngest member of the family. Yeah, she was only, what, 17 or something? Yeah, 17 years old. Manson was strumming his guitar and immediately captivated the young girl. Manson was a panty dropper. When you think so, so, Brandy? Sounds like it. Wasn't this because she put out for him that that very night, Timmy. Mm. That very night. Well, I, I I hate to bring this up, but she was underage. She was underage. Charlie could have been. Charlie had. Charlie well, seems to not. be a man of low moral character. I, maybe not. I mean, maybe I don't know what the age of consent in California was at the time. No, because she was seventeen, 
and then she graduated. So she would have been 18. Right. But she, you know. It's okay much, with you? Hmm? Is it okay with you? I'm good with that. She was of legal age. I'm not good with her putting out on the first date. Yeah, that um, was just because some guy's a, a smooth, suave guitar player. Mm-hmm. You know, but I guess uh, you'll have to explain that one to me, devil. I, you've been there before. But, uh. Yeah. She'd always had some. Have you ever lo- had a one night stand? You want to tell us about it? Nope. All right. A one night stand, or how? I mean, do we have like notches in your in your bedposts and stuff? Can we get through this? Just asking a question. I see why you never want to share. The listeners, she the listeners are not loyal a to you. You never share. I tell my stories. You never share anything. Well, first of all, nobody can get any other stories in. Because you're always telling your story. Well, we're asking you. Nobody just, is interested in whether or not I've had a one night. No, yeah, stand. we are. No. We are. We are. We're interested now. No. Mm, uh, no. It's John not Cody, that Marvin wants to know. Marvin is wanting to know. I don't think he is about your love life. I I don't think so. But you know, back when I mean, I were can, you drunk? I don't know. You don't no. know. See how Probably. could how could you not know? How could you not know? I could, Timmy, back in back in the day before mm-hmm. the colonel was, you know, aligned Mary. with Mrs. Colonel, mm-hmm. there are women that that I can't even remember them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally can't remember them. Mm-hmm. That's just what you did back in the in the mid eighties. Did you grab them by the pussy? No, we didn't. We I was polite about have. it, but I mean, You're you went out it. to the bar. And you bought they, her a drink first. You both got drunk and you went home. They and grabbed him by the pussy. Yeah, they grabbed me by the. They grabbed me by the Johnson and let me alone. No, I think Timmy had it right. <laughs> but anyway, I can't believe you can't remember. Can't remember. Well, you know that shows how little how little sex means to her, Timmy. Well, I mean, it's an act of—it's act of beautiful love, don't? When you say, "Oh, it's absolutely," it should be anyway. It should be. I mean, it should be something meaningful sacred. between two adults, sacred. Yeah, it's—it's a—it's a sacrament of the church, I believe. Yes, yeah, like seventh one, number eight. I yeah, I believe. But she don't remember. Do you ever she run just, out of words? <laughs> she's just like, "Oh, I got drunk. Uh, there was a boner there. I, uh, that's all I remember." And then I you rolled know, over. I rolled over. Yeah, fell asleep. Wouldn't even cuddle with him. <laughs> so. No, I don't want to cuddle because you know what? People are sweaty and it's gross and it's hot and I don't want to cuddle. You yeah, need to I'm go all with, the way over on your I'm side of the bed. I'm kind of with you on there. I'm not big on cuddling. And either. leave me alone. I'm just, I just try to catch my breath. I don't care if you're cuddling with me or what you, whatever you're doing. Well, you, you just, know, I just don't want to, I want to get away from the wet spot. So if they're, if they're like, <laughs> if Sheila rolls over and lays in a wet spot, I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, see, when you've been married for a long time, Timmy, sex centers around not Television. leaving a wet spot on your side of the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. got to do it strategically. <laughs> you got to do it strategically. Yeah, you got to plan that. It's shit. like right at the last minute because, you know, I'm more powerful than Mrs. Colonel. I can do one of those flips and rollovers and, yeah. And then all this, you know, it happens on her side of the bed. <laughs> on her side of the bed. Ain't my problem no more. And she can't sleep on my side of the bed. Now, anyway, Krimwinkle had always had some low self-esteem problems. Yeah, poor Ed. That's, that's a, that's, I've had that. Manson manipulated her, telling she, her she was beautiful and pulling in her into his sphere she of was influence. Not. No, she Krimwinkle, wasn't she, wasn't, she wasn't 
dog ugly. She wasn't, but she wasn't beautiful. No, but she wasn't squeaky from. Well, I mean, if it's two in the morning and you got a raging bona, she's she looking pretty good to Charlie. Strumming the guitar in the park, and I mean, really, if you saw Squeaky From walking down the street, and you were Charlie Manson, wouldn't you just say, "All right, that we got to get that I'm one a, right there"? Yeah, because yeah that's, <laughs> I'm sure we there's our mascot right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, there's our mascot. Um, now, Corinne Winkle dropped everything and left her life behind to go on a lengthy tour of the United States with Manson and his followers, embracing the counterculture and taking LSD hundreds of times. Mm. It was while his followers were on LSD that Manson, who may or may not have been taking the drug, yeah, they established. Said, uh, Susan Atkins said she never saw him taking LSD. He probably wasn't. He established he his firm grip over his minions. Mm. Nice got, word, Timmy. You got to. Yeah. Did you like it? Posing as a Christ-like figure to be worshipped. Now, when I said minions, I wasn't talking about the cartoon characters there. Carl. Yeah. The, no. That's what comes in Brandy's. Brandy all automatically yeah. thinks, yeah, the little, the little guys. guys. Yeah, no, minions are people. I have a five-year-old. Of course, that's blindly. the first thing I think of. Minions are okay. Think of the minions as the like the the mammary mafia. They yeah. no matter what you do, know how to crazy you are. They just follow you. Are you able to follow us so far, Brandy? You you with us here? I can keep my papers on the table. Well, by the spring of 69, Krimwinkle and others were fully enthralled with Manson, moved in with him in that secluded ranch where his increasingly bizarre visions of a race war were propelling his every move. Yeah, he was going off the deep end at this point. Uh, he accompanied Tex and other members to the house of director Roman Polanski and his pregnant wife Sharon Tate. Um, Krimwinkle did, I'm sorry, not Charlie. By the end of the night, of course, we know what happened there. The next night, Corinne Winkle participated in the other murders, too. She was the one who wrote Death to Pigs on the ball in the victim's blood. In October 69, most of the Manson family was arrested for auto theft and suspicion of arson. You can go around chopping people up, but you cannot steal cars well, and steal cars. Well, that's, that's when I was talking about they, they were, they were uh, police really fucked up the investigation, but they were, they were, out, they were uh, staking them out for auto theft and not murder. Yeah, but she she fled to Alabama. Okay. Um, but they caught up to her, and she was sentenced, along with all the others, to death. Then the death penalty got overturned. And uh, of all the former members, members, she has been the most remorseful. In April 2016, after 19 denials, a California parole board recommended Patricia Krenwinkel be released. Yay. The commendation was overturned by Governor Jerry Brown. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, and then we got... So this was this year. So this year, the yeah. the parole board said, okay, let's... Re and she is, I mean, when you see her in interviews, she is, you know, she seems very remorseful. She dropped the Manson thing after the first, like, the first few weeks behind bars. Yeah, she was like, fuck this. And, um, and uh, you know, she talks, she did, you know, she did a lot of work in prison with new you know with inmates and things but so they the board recommended that she be released and but uh governor jerry, jerry brown, brown said, said nope, hell no no not on my watch and I, I, that's why i don't think any of them ever are going to get out no and then the next one um you got is clem grogan his real name was uh he was more of a minor 
Yeah. Role, played a minor role, I guess. Well, Steve Clem Grogan. Yeah. He was a musician. Um, he moved into the Spawn Ranch. He was taken in. Um, Donald Shea Shorty took a liking to Grogan and often bought him clothes. Yeah, he was there before. He was a ranch hand before the Mansons. Yeah, before the band, before the Mansons all he got moved there. Into Spawn Ranch. He was also friends with Dennis Wilson. Now, Clem was often considered dumb or even retarded by other family members. I don't like that word. That word is uncomfortable to me, Brandy. Retarded. It's the same way we think about Chuck. I don't know what you're getting all upset about. Well, I think of him as slow. <laughs> <laughs> other family members. Slow called, but well-meaning. They called him Scramblehead. <laughs> that would there be a good name go. for you. But some people felt he was only playing dumb. In early 1969, he was sentenced to 90 days of observation at Camarillo State Mental Hospital for exposing his penis to a group of school children. Yeah, he should oh. never do that. Never do that. He later told his parole board that the exposure incident was the result of him riding a horse and wearing a hole through the crotch of his jeans. Yeah, oh, I think that can happen. Um, I can see that. On the night of August 10th, 1969, he rode with members of the Manson family. Um, they, Tex, Patricia, and Leslie were dropped off at the house of LaBianca, but Grogan, Manson, Susan Atkins, and uh, Linda Kasabian continued to Venice Beach. Kasabian? Manson. Yeah, Kasabian. She, Kasabian. She, 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 she got she, off the hook there, well, too. Well, yeah, she testified for the prosecution. Bitches be testifying. Bitches be testifying. Bitches be testifying, but she walked. But they were all going to kill actor Saladin Nader. Yeah, that's the guy that she she led him. She was a it yeah, was a boyfriend. She, but she kept saying no, turn left here, turn right there. That's where uh, uh, Susan Atkins defecated in the hallway. Took a dump right in the hallway. Yeah, and she, you know what? Living on that ranch, they ate a lot of corn. Too. That's probably why she got the cancer. It was not hard for to identify hers because they was living on corn and and yeah. soybeans. Yeah. So she had a lot of fiber. Left mm. a messy one behind. So anyway, Grogan made a help. Wasn't that, uh, <clears throat> who was that uh, we just did a podcast on who did that? He would take a dump every. Oh, that was Glenn. Yeah, yeah. Glenn yeah. Rogers. Yeah, exactly. He used to leave the floaters all the time. Yeah. God. So Manson, Manson. Uh, Here's a tip for all you uh, <clears throat> potential serial killers out there. There's DNA in your feces. Yeah, don't take a dump. Don't, if you take a dump, don't leave it. Flush that shit down. Flush it down. And here's another one. If Courtesy you, flush, if nothing else. Nothing else. If you're going to take a selfie of yourself in the bathroom, don't have a big floater in the john. No. What is that? Oh, have you ever noticed how many times people I do have. that? Because yeah. you feel because you really feel really sexy after you've just dropped one. Or somebody have a big dildo on the dresser there, and they take a selfie, like getting ready to go out for the night, and they got a big dildo, and it's like, why are you going out? Why don't you just stay? You in? know, I think what they should be the new thing should be taking selfies at funerals, like with the body or at, at wakes. You get selfie stick in, and you know, get a picture of you, you know, with the corpse. That would be cool. I think so. Yeah. Um. Now, Manson felt that Shea was cooperating with police. Now, Grogan later helped Manson and Tex Watson, Tex Watson kill Spawn Ranch hand Shorty Shea. Manson felt that Shea was cooperating. He was a, he was a rat, see? He was a rat. And uh, ordered him to What happens to snitches? They get britches. They get yeah. britches. They ordered him tortured oh, and killed. Oh, this little guy, him. this little guy, he was 19-year-old in Nigeria. He didn't have any limbs. <laughs> And he 
plastic bucket. It's <laughs> what the fuck? Look at this picture. Get off your phone. <laughs> Get off your phone. It's a picture of a guy. No, no limbs, and he's living in a little plastic bucket. That's my buddy Matt. Yeah, he died. But his I'm name sorry. was Bob when you threw him in the ocean. <laughs> no, his name was Raham. Raham. Uh-huh. Okay, I got four oh, it was a little girl. I got four sentences left. I'm sorry. The it's jury... not funny. She died on Christmas Day. Oh, 2016, you suck. Yeah. Now, the <laughs> jury returned. I wonder if they, they get to use that bucket now. <laughs> yes. You know what? Buckets aren't plentiful over there. They probably are using it. Oh, sad, man. But anyway, the jury. So <laughs> they said that they uh, killed him. Our next episode will discuss the events that led to the Tate LaBianca murders. That's it. They said they, they, they when she went out to play with the other kids, they used her as second base. <laughs> no, it does not say that. Just made that up. Okay, because that was good, <laughs> but I, they did not say that. Okay, so Colonel, what are we going to talk about the next time? The Tate LaBianca killings. Yeah, so sorry we kind of got out of order, but we wanted to give everyone a background. We wanted to make it very clear, and I think this was clear and concise, this podcast. so that Was it concise? Yeah, I don't I believe. I thought it went I, fucking I, everywhere. Yeah, I think this was... Uh, Unnecessary. Yeah, this was like a drunk on roller skates. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, Brandy, uh, what's your thoughts on the Manson family? You know, it's just a bunch of disillusioned people following some dipshit guy with a messiah complex. Who gives himself titles. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. It's, it's sort of like the Colonel's crew, wouldn't you think? I won't besmirch the Colonel's crew. I won't besmirch the Colonel crew. They're following around a they guy. They can draw their own conclusions. <laughs> They're following around a guy who obviously has delusions of grandeur. Clearly. I've got delusions of mediocrity, Timmy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Colonel, uh, what's your final thoughts on the Manson family? I think, that, I think we should start a cult, Timmy. We don't have to be He's going be around killing Watson. people. You think Scott would be our Tex Watson? I want a mob family. Um, no, I Allie. think... Allie. probably be a good Tex Watson. Yeah. Let's start calling um, her Tex. Tex, yeah. Allie okay. be a good Tex Watson because she could teach everybody how to kill. Allie Tex Watson. Um, but, you know, then Charlie come in and she'd probably be taking over and saying, you know, I know this is a condemned place, but this place is a pigsty. You got to clean it up. You You're trying it up here, to create it up tension between Allie and Charlie, aren't you? No, not at all. I'm just saying Charlie kind of bossy. All right. That's all. <sighs> That's not nice. It's really not. She's very nice. She's a lovely. I love Charlie. We're gonna meet her, but she uh, at the crime con. Yeah, All but right, you know she'd be making you pick up stuff around a dirty, abandoned ranch. Well, maybe you know? they need picking up. Uh, somebody got to do it. I mean, obviously Charlie couldn't keep things under control. Tim, what right? are your final thoughts? My final thoughts is that's pretty fucked up. That kid living in a bucket. <laughs> I mean, it's sad. I what? send an SOS to the world. I send. All right, let's hear I your shout outs. That someone Let's gets go to my, shout outs, Colonel. Let's I roll through them, Colonel. Someone gets my no, because we have to finish this bullshit. Hold on. Shout outs. Message in a bucket. Yeah. See how it worked that in there? Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, you did. So her bucket list was basically her house. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. Look at the picture. Oh, well, if it's sad, I why do you keep laughing it. at it? Why do you her? keep having it up? They have her in a wheelchair. What was her name? Basically, she's just a Rama. head. 
That's all she is, is a head. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> she's one day she was praying to Allah, and she said, Dear Allah, I'm just a head. Please change me. And poof! Allah turned her into a grape. <laughs> you know what the moral of that story is? I do not know, Timmy. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> Shout outs, Colonel. <laughs> Shout outs, please. It's like the man. This is sad, man. I don't, I, I'm not make, I don't want to make fun of it. It's really sad. But. The man who found a genie and rubbed a bottle and said, what would you like? And he, was, he said, I would like my, my, my junk to reach the ground. Uh, Can we do shout-outs? And, and then, poof, his legs were gone. You know, every Christmas she gets a fucking hat. <laughs> <laughs> or some sunglasses. Your mouse. <laughs> shout-outs, Colonel. <laughs> That shit ain't funny because I know it's not. It's it's really sad. I'm surprised she ain't on the internet as some kind of strange. Yeah, she died. She's got to go fund me. She she died on Christmas. Yeah, they said that she's received a lot of generous donations, but uh, what for? What for? I mean, how much could it cost to bury her? I don't. I don't (laughs) know. It's tragic. Just got to get a post hole digger. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a poor thing. I mean, my there's God. lots of tragedy in the world. Too. There is, but you know, being trapped inside your own bucket, head. <laughs> being trapped inside your own head. <laughs> I mean, that's a shame. Uh, we don't mean to make fun of it. It's sad. All right, Colonel, shout outs. All right, shout outs. We'll start. Oh, no, she's doing, she's doing shut ups. <laughs> I swear to God, they said she does shut ups. Or she did. Well, yeah, she got to keep her neck. If her neck got weak, she wouldn't be able to. She wouldn't be able to do anything. Oh, Read these goddamn shadows. She'd be all slumped over there. I, mean, I don't want to be in this room with him anymore because he's going to get <laughs> karma. Is going to 2016 to bite no, him in the no, ass. No, no, it's sad. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, it's I can tell you tore up We about can it. tell you just heartbroken. No, I mean, about really, this she thing. died on Christmas Day, and that, that's almost. You know, you almost uh, almost what. Well, it's almost like you. Well, she was from a country that didn't believe in. No, Christmas. I mean it's almost like you. No, she was in constant pain. I mean, it's almost a good thing that she. She's not suffering. You're going to need to quit talking. No, <laughs> I'm know. serious. I, mean, I am too. You're going to need to stop talking. Could you imagine what all the other reindeers would do to her? I mean, Rudolph just had a red nose, and they fucked with him all the time. Read uh, our shoutouts, Colonel. Yeah, Colonel. Okay, let's before start here. Some, before I say something inappropriate. <laughs> oh, that ship sailed. Um, of course, we got lovely Tasha and Ophelia. Miss Ophelia, how are you doing, ladies? Hi, Tasha. Andy Volley. Still like us. Marvin Hammond, of course. Mary Ray. Katie Moorhead. Christine. Bourgeois. Jeff like Appel. Hey, Jeff. The lovely Maggie Glover. Our friend Brandy McBride. No. Brandy Lydia. Hi. Lydia. Bond. Gene Bond. John Cunningham, Tara, Gabby Lewis, Laura O'Reilly, Jamie Tarantino, Sydney and Michael and Wanda. Thank you for the happy birthday to Rudy Wonder Dog. Stephanie Quick, Trixie, Gina Spillane, Amber Croup, William Truax, Denny Mack, 
Denny McNamara, not Denny McLean or whatever you call him. Denny, I call him Denny McFarlane yeah. sometimes by accident. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Denny. Whatever. We're, we're going to Denny. We're going to do uh, the podcast that you suggested soon. Byron Snellings and of course the lovely Bridget Clavey, Kate McCarthy. If we ever get off this fucking Charlie Manson podcast, I mean, my God, this thing is lasting forever. Olivia Meyer. Brian and Lisa Lawton. Because you two couldn't keep your holes closed for no, people no, to finish. No, no, I'm just saying the four parts of it. Just It's just a long story. Donna Curran and Tucker. Never let me do multi-part episodes again. Don't you worry. Thank you. Aaron Wentz, Phyllis Munson, Colton, the Trowbridges, Clark, and Diane. Very nice couple, and we determined they do not have a television in their bedroom. Mm-mm. No, they just going at it in there. It's serious business in that room. John Mellencamp wrote a song about them. Shonda and Larry. John Tommy Mel- Boomershine. What was the name of the song? Teresa Slavin. Mm-hmm. Dr. Oh. Jeff Chestnut. No, Celine. Jack and oh, Britt and Chris, of course. Missy Dean Horton. I heard he's a real ass. Jennifer and Linda. Oh, I like him. I like him, too. I just thought he was an ass in person. Um, Sam Hildebrand, Jeff Girdley. Jeff. Rebecca Montanle. Rebecca. Mike Eisenhower. Danielle Fredrickson. Toby Deese. Nancy Palomino Jalapeno. Who you lost to this week. Who I lost to this week. But you know what? You know, this is where it gets sweet to me because they can mock me now, but a boyfriend is, is, is a Raiders fan. Ah. Yeah, so I hope they have to play each other, and I hope they fight, and I hope they argue, and I hope she doesn't give him any Doritos or nothing. Or anything else. Or anything else. Kim Kamikaze Kazmersky, Jennifer Hawkins, Tara Nietzsche and Chilla, Lindsay O'Brien McMillan, Eddie Rushing, Your Handler, Sammy James, Jason Dykes, Amy Jason. Carol Payne. Jason's a good guy. Jason is a good guy. Tyra Jenkins. Hi, Tyra. The lovely Tyra Jenkins. The lovely Tyra Jenkins. The lovely Carlene Madison. Yes. Alan Dobbs. Alan is not so lovely, but he's a good guy. Good guy. George Huckler. See, the thing is, we he's got the a, J-O-R-G we got, guy. We've got some very attractive women on our page, but the guys are not nothing to look at. Whatever. Hmm? That's... That seems I don't mean know. and it's a heterosexual statement. True. It's a heterosexual statement. I you find know, Marvin attractive. Well, we what about uh, what about Big John Holmes? Big we John have some Holmes, very good looking. Now, I'm sure John Come Holmes on. get laid just because of his name. We have you, some very. You're good telling me you're going to tell me you're going to look me in the eye and tell me that Denny Mac is not a handsome man. I, I'm not. You know, he just, I, he's okay. You've seen him double. We have very good-looking men on our page. He's a handsome man. I, we have beautiful it. women. Speaking of beautiful women, Kelsey Fro. Kelsey is very lovely. Peter Fulman, Ron Rodsky. Ful- Fulmer. Peter Fulmer, yeah. Thank you, Devil, for correcting me there. Daniel Isn't Fredrickson. Isn't it funny when she can correct your something you, you know, huh? pronounce? Isn't it funny when she can correct I know. This like the, how many podcasts have we done? <laughs> yeah, like 200 and something. Yeah, it's like the third time. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe three. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Christian Dormer, okay. the lovely little Emmy Waterfall. It's like the when the kid in the bucket runs a, uh, wins a race <laughs> or something. 
It's cute. I know Pete. It's cute. I know Pete. Otherwise, it wouldn't matter. It's just cute. But I I'm know saying him. it's cute when you can. Is it cute? Is it cute? It's cute the person she, that can't when she's say right. the word wheel will. or will. It's the same word. It's the same. It all means the same. It gets you to the same place. Christ on crutches. Susan Maxwell Angus. Or in a bucket. Kirsten Davidson. Um, Steph Glenn. Christina Hodges, Christina Montana, uh, Maria Barber, of course, Jennifer Potts, Cindy Overstreet, Hamilton, Paul Mampilli, Mike Arnold, Melissa, you know, Melissa Lubrano, I've never one time just called her Melissa Lube. Really? Melissa Lube. All right. Lubrano. Brittany Powell. Uh, Brittany and Chris. Heather Hall, Heather Poole. Yes. And the lovely Danza, Heathers. And Daza, Jeff Hopkins. Thanks for Jeff Hopkins. Said Rudy was a pretty dog. I Jeff appreciate Hopkins that. is a good guy. Appreciate that. John Janke, Mike Tabor, Lise. Lovely Lise from Norway. Lovely Lise. Meet our mate. Where will we be? Okay. Carol Nash, Terry Helmsley, Heather Marshall, Maddie Kinnon, Pavlava, Amelia Roscoe. Minicon, Michael Daniel, Jen Moya, Jessica Bishop, uh, the lovely little Liz Evans, Stacy Lynn, Brenda Deutsch, Jeffrey Dolan, Miriam Buckwald, Jennifer Miller, Susanna Sheldon, Skip Fayou, Kelly Jones, Romani, Brandy Willis Deese, Andy Smizer, Gigi, Norma DiMaggio, of course, the Colonel's crew. What about Dave Hill? You didn't say Dave Hill. Dave, you know why? Did he because, say Steve Hill? Steve yes. Miller? No, Steve hold Miller. Hold on, too. hold on. Let me write these down because I forgot to put them on my thing. Dave Hill and Steve Miller. And Casey. Um, no, I Casey don't know what's going on with young Brittany because she's posting like pictures of her in pajamas. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with her. Young Brittany, if you're listening, let's well, know. Carla. It was Carla around Nelson. Christmas time. Yeah, I guess. I mean, fortunate, be fortunate you got you can wear pajamas when some people live in a bucket, I guess. <laughs> you ain't got to buy a bottoms, at least. Okay, so let's go. We got the Colonel Squad. Our <laughs> lovely little uh, our mascot for the... For the Colonel Squad, who is that, Timmy? I don't know who is it. Lovely little Fallon. Fallon, the beautiful Fallon. He was, mm -hmm. wearing, he was wearing leggings. I see. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Moose work. leggings. Yeah, moose, moose leggings. Moose leggings. Beautiful little leggings girl. Leggings are the shit. We creep um, other pe people's pages, if you didn't know. Another uh, lovely, lovely, lovely young lady who is gonna get me body butted up, Timmy. That would be Miss Petray. Annette Petray mm -hmm. from the Bronx. From the Bronx. Why are you so fascinated she's from the Bronx? I love New York. I love the city. I love Start all the boroughs. spreading the word. Mm -hmm. Radika Smith. Angela uh, She's Coles. a lovely lady. Radika, mm -hmm. beautiful young girl. Yes. Um, okay. Old man Here's a man who's not so handsome. He's loyal loyal, loyal to, the, to a fault. Mm -hmm. um, Scotty J. Scotty J. Yes. He's a handsome man. He's going to be at CrimeCon. Right? So there's another handsome one for you. We have to decide if we're going to CrimeCon. Monica D. Haggistino. Yes. I'm Chuck. 
Are you going? I'm going for a day. Okay. Tiffany Bell, of course. Shannon, lovely, beautiful Shannon. Um, Rossard. Yeah, Shannon uh, out there. I think she's in California, isn't she? She is. Or Phoenix. Or Phoenix. She was in Phoenix. She is in Phoenix. Jessica Williams. From Chicago. From Chicago. She'd kill you just soon. Look at you. Mm -hmm. Um, Tiffany Bell from... I just just said her name. From Michigan. You can never do Tiffany too many times, I suppose. Do you hear him not listening? Uh, Frances Darton. Lovely lass from Ireland. Janet Fitzgerald. (laughs) who, though not a lovely lass from Ireland, looks like a lovely lass from Ireland. Karen yeah, Barnes, I think we, of course. I think you said Fallon was a lovely lass from Ireland, and she's from Texas. If they, if they look like they're from Ireland, it's good enough for me. I see. Um, I don't know how that works. Jennifer Burdick, Sarah Mimosa, Angie Ball, and my two most trusted confidants. Did you say Angie Drake? Angie Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, not my most trusted confidant. No. She's just a member of the Colonel crew. Mm-hmm. I don't but, know that she is. I think she is. I think, think, she, we're putting I think her she's on a reluctant. She, what do they call those witnesses? You know, <laughs> yeah. A hostile witness. Yeah, I think she's a hostile A hostile member, member of, of the Colonel crew. Yeah. But my two most trusted confidants. She's hostile. <laughs> confidants, <laughs> I guess safe to say when it comes to you. Nicola Reed, who Nicola Reed. Uh, is my solicitor, and everything I tell her falls under attorney-client privilege. Mm, uh, not everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything I tell her. I talked to her about Rudy the other day. She can't say a word about it. Hmm. Um, and, of course, you know, you call me the most dangerous man in podcasting, mm-hmm. but really the most dangerous person walking around the world. You know what Chuck Norris does when he goes to bed at night, Timmy? What? He looks under his bed to make sure Allie ain't under there. Allie, we're going to meet Allie at mm-hmm. CrimeCon. Scariest, scariest woman you I really, ever I mean, into. really, I want to meet... Allie and I want to meet. I mean, I want to meet I everyone. I want to meet all kinds of people. But I want to meet Allie and Charlie. So I may go, may go for a day. I want to meet a hooker well, that's giving discounts. But that means that you're going to have to leave your apartment. I know. That's the problem. I know. Can can you just like, you know, did you ever see that episode of um, of uh, Big Bang Theory where uh, what's his name was just um, a robot and they just yes. took him around? Can you can we do that with me? No. Like with through Skype, just take my laptop and I can nope. wave to everyone. No, but thank you for asking. Yeah, we could have Timmy Bot. No, it's Timmy Khan. So I that's feel bad. A- I feel bad for that lady. It was a little girl and just a, it was just a head. Would you let the head girl go? <laughs> I just she's gone now. <laughs> I wonder how they buried her. Hmm. I wonder how they buried her. The post hole digger. Yeah, wasn't that hard? That's awful. I mean the. Getting six feet spot deep. in the garden. <laughs> that is that's so mean. I feel bad for that little girl, really. Do you? Because you've been the one that's just carrying on about it. Yeah, for some reason this seems I, to. I'm going to go to her GoFundMe page and I'm going to send her some money. She, you ain't going to send a shit. She's dead. I'm, I'm sure there's some like fund for you know uh, bodiless people out there. <laughs> I don't know. It just—it was a sad picture. But I, why? Why did you drag our podcast into that mess? I, I just saw you know, it. Now we're gonna have the the bodiless people marching up and down the hallway, picking at us, and ain't you know, even gonna uh, be witches, able to march. So you know, witches in the same place. You know, witches and they're gonna be yelling all kinds to, of used stuff. Used to steal penises. Hmm? Witches used to steal penises and keep them as pets. Yeah, don't even think about it, Devil. Are we done? You I keep. think so. Brandy, where can people find us? 
Callie Jones. Us. You didn't say hi to Callie Jones. I did say hi to Callie Jones. I, I apologize. You can find Callie. us on Facebook. Yeah, uh, we have a, a page there that we interact with all of our listeners, and that's where all the f- folks who get the shout outs come from. So why don't you join us? If you're not a member, please join us. It's the uh, it's a group on Facebook. It's called History Dweeves the Podcast. Just search for History Dweeves the Podcast. Join the group, and uh, you'll get to meet all the folks that we've been talking about. They're a really uh, fun group. And, and as a added bonus, yesterday um, everybody got to see a picture of Rudabaker. Yes, Colonel posts pictures of his dog, and we discuss the per- important issues of the day. When you say, Brandy, mm-hmm. yeah. Like yeah. uh, witches stealing uh, penises and right. keeping That's them as a major pets. concern. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Yeah, we. You can follow us on Twitter at History Dweebs One or at Hawk Walters. Yep. Find us on Facebook. Did you say hi to Michael and Sydney? Or not Facebook? I did uh, say uh, hi iTunes. to Michael and Sydney. I said hi to. Find Andrew us on iTunes. Go. Please leave us a review because we've got a couple of bad reviews lately and. I kind of every time I look up our reviews and I see His that soul dies just a little oh, bit. Oh, it does. It really does because you know, we if you give us a positive review, we'll read it or at least read part of it on the air. Um, but if you leave us a negative review, we'll we, come to your house and give you hour long massage. We won't do neither of those things, but we won't mention you if you leave us a bad review. If you don't like our show, just move on. Turn the page, as Brandy would say. Where else can people find us, Brandy? You can find us on Stitcher and Libsyn and... All the podcast apps. Uh, We're more popular than Captain Kangaroo. If you don't like us, reevaluate your damn lives. That's what I'm saying. If you don't like... If you you think our podcast is worse, just think what it would be just being ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It could be worse. It could be worse. Just think if the devil was just ahead. All we had was just a head in that chair. Oh, she'd be like Brandy Hedrum. <laughs> we'd have to, we'd have to move her around all the time. Oh man! Okay. Was, would you get mad if we pulled, carried you by your hair? Yeah. Brandy, uh, any final thoughts no, on your I have no final thoughts. on your uh, one night stands that you would like to share? Nope. All right. Then, How many uh, were there? I mean, do you rem- do you recall? Is it like? Is it more, more than a hundred? Is it, yeah, more than a hundred. We're done. All right, less well, than fifty. Um, we're going to see you next time. Next time we're going to get into the uh, Manson murders. Um, so um, we're taking a kind of a long way around to get to the. We're doing a scattershot version of this. Yeah, yeah. But now but, you know all the players. Y'all know all the players, and we're going to get to, into the murders next time, and uh, and then we'll get move on to the trial. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Oh, oh you didn't give a shout-out to my mom. Oh, Beverly. my goodness, and you know what? I got I got to say this. I got a Christmas call from Lady Beverly. Did you? And, and Sully and uh, Alexander and nice. Graham. Uh, like an, uh, one in the U.S. mail? Yeah. Nice. No, yes, carrier came right pigeon. to my house. No, I just fucking no, Christmas card came on carrier. No, pigeon. I thought it might have been electronic. That's what I meant. And you know what? I'm I'm save this one for lap because I want I want to have bookends, uh-huh. Timmy. Okay. And I almost skipped it. So I start off with the beautiful Tasha. Yeah. And I'm ending it with the beautiful Katya. Uh-huh. Katya. Uh-huh. And then we got the lovely Lady Beverly. Uh-huh. And the woman who really, when it comes right down to it, is probably the most dangerous woman of all, Dottie Scott. Because yes. Dottie Scott has more followers on our page than we do. 
Yes, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye-bye. Good day. Bye, everyone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.